Now, uh, help me out, Blaster. Transform and play something uh, nice. And now, a nice and nifty musical selection for easy listening. <laughs> Hold on to your dancing shoes and go, man, go! One shall stand, one shall fall. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to One Shall Stand, One Shall Fall, a Transformers TCG podcast broadcasting live from an underground bunker in the middle of the murky Midlands. I want to boot some Decepticon right in his turbocharger. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm down, cliff jumper. Wow. Seriously, put that gun down. You're going to kill somebody in this studio. Goodness. Right. Anyway, I'm your uh, host, Lee, from Blue Top Productions. And uh, today I have a motley crew of people to talk everything about Transformers the TCG. That's right. The trading card game based on the cartoon from the 80s. This podcast will talk about news about the Transformers the TCG, new releases, deck profiles, and stuff that's happening in the community. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy. One shall stand, one shall fall. What's up, guys, and welcome to One Shall Stand, One Shall Fall, the one and only... That's right. Transformers TCG podcast on the airwaves. This is episode 26. And holy crack on a crackle, we have a set for you to review and overview and show off because it's the turbo revving old punk set. And we are so, so excited in this cast to show off the cards and all the fun stuff with it so so i'm just going to set the scene so you guys know um dave and me are currently uh, sitting in front of a fire we're in our uh, fancy fancy bathrobes with a with a glass of brandy in our hands uh, and we're just uh, reminiscing on the good times we had and we're sharing it all with you guys right now so on this podcast is my amazing co-host the man behind the energon hustlers the main one of the main cogs of the Turbo Revin Old Punks, Dave Cook. How you doing, Dave? What's up, Ravna? <laughs> you enjoying yeah. that pipe and that brandy? Oh, over I am, there? yeah. You it? Got the old uh, smoky pipe. Got my smoking jacket on as well. I know, it's very nice. <laughs> my tweed nice. slippers. Two jacking it, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very well, thanks, mate. We, I, I can't believe we're actually here. Um, we've got, it's been four months since the initial kind of concepts were drafted and we it was a like what if we should, what if we did make a couple of stratagems or what if we did and then i don't know how we've ended up with 20 battle cards 16 yeah, stratagems it just, evolved. it just keeps evolving I <laughs> it just evolved and we said we weren't going to do characters and lo and behold we lo have behold, a character we have a character not characters but just one just one for the for, for this set anyway we've got one we've got some more ideas um so We've called this set Phase One, haven't we? And this is this kind of in in homage to um, IDW's uh, Transformers comics. So yeah, Phase One is is this set. We've already parked some cards that didn't quite make the cut because they weren't quite ready. Um, we've got some new members of the Punks as well that have contributed some ideas, but they weren't in time to play test 
significantly enough to, to make the deal. So, yeah, phase two is probably going to be happening. When we don't know, do we? <laughs> no, we, we, we honestly don't know. Uh, we don't want to give a, a time for when that is happening, but we can let you know kind of like secretly. Well, actually, it's on a podcast. It's no longer a secret now, is it? <laughs> it's really um, not. <laughs> uh, between phases, uh, we want to stay relevant because we're quite big in the community. We love all you guys out there, and thank you for supporting this set if you're going to you know, download it in the link below on YouTube or via you know, Podbean or whatever. Um, but we are going to bring out characters in between phases that uh, are kind of like promos that um, we're working on that either have come out and Wizards didn't give them any justice or completely new ones. Uh, the next one I absolutely love and it's an in, and it's a huge in-joke if you ever listen to our podcast of a, of a character that um, I can't quite understand. So I don't want to give away too much, but obviously if you're a regular listener, you, you know there's one character out there which I can't understand. And we're working on him now, and I know um, Rich, a.k.a. Nozomi, has like done a draft of him, and we're going to start playtesting him soon because that will be our next kind of baby step before Phase 2. But um, he's got really cool mechanics. I absolutely love it. Super theme, obviously very theme with the comics. And, you know, like we said, uh, well, Dave put it perfectly, we're put calling them phases because all of us who are in the in the punks, uh, whether you're playtesting a member or, you know, one of the uh, founding fathers, we all love the comics IDW are doing, even other older stuff, even the UK Marvel. You know, we, m comics just go way back for us. And, uh, yeah, I think calling them phases is, like, perfect. So, yeah, I just, I just wanted to say that because, yeah, he's quite, um, he's a big boy. And say it with me! We love our beefcakes here. I'm not going to lie. Don't we, Dave? We, we like our big boys. We do. He is quite a big boy. Just saying. He is. We've still, like, there's so much, like, you know, is into, is into, into the design process as well. So, yeah, we're going to periodically release stuff. I think we've got about six or seven characters kind of, like, in the early design process that I've been yeah. bouncing ideas around with yourself, with Matifer, um, with Richard, uh, some of the other guys as well. I've seen seen some of them. So phase two will happen. We just don't know exactly when. But to stay relevant in between, we will be dropping ever so often a really spicy character for use in casual play because that's what that's what the whole core of my my ethos for for, for the set was. And and Lee's well behind this as well. It's it's got to be fun, and it's got to be theme. It's got to be on, on point for what we want to do. So we're hoping to bring something for your for your games tables at home. Um, Veril, um, big shout out to you, sir, who's, who does the Transformers mod for um, TTS, is going to be putting all the cards on there. I know um, I'm going to be chatting to Zero at Telefram 1, so you should hopefully be able to build decks with Turbo Revenue cards in there as well. So there's a lot of people to thank. I've thanked most of them on our, our preview video, but... You know, thanks to to uh, Veril and Zero, who will be doing some future work for us to get these sets in your hand, physical or a digital medium. So thanks, guys, for that. There's one more real thank you. Who's he's been working like a trooper this week for us behind the scenes, and he has nailed it. Lee's seen only just seen the cards this evening, the finished product. Oh, I I cried. I was so amazed. I was like, these look legit like i literally was like holy cow like obviously i'm i try i can't really i need to censor myself on this podcast because we don't want to try and swear too much <laughs> but like holy shit, 
It was incredible. Like, it was a, a WWE moment when you got the crowds chanting. Holy shit! Holy shit! Holy shit! Holy shit! You know, like, it literally was incredible. Like... He's done a fantastic job. I'll let Dave talk. I'm just going to sit here and ask still because I'm like, these are so shiny. <laughs> He's done a fantastic job. You know, this is a big, big, massive thank you to Mike from The Ark who kindly offered to help along with Adam from Bayformers who's provided a brand new font that is nigh on, spot on for the Wizards of the Coast um, cards. Um, they look way better than we could have generated using... Um, MSC, the Magic Set Editor, which has got a Transformers add-on, but it's, they're not quite as good as like the real deal. But Mike and Adam, thank you, thank you, and especially Mike, you've devoted so much time to me uh, messaging you with um, tweaks, changes to pip colours, um, you know, <laughs> just everything. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart, um, thank you for all the work you have done for us in the last couple of, you know, few weeks. It's been just amazing to see them brought to life yeah it's it's incredible like seriously i can say because we because i like to call them the forefathers i know speaking for myself and the other guys as well like who couldn't be on this cast unfortunately are 100 percent behind like the wow factor on these are ridiculous like super crisp super legit and um i think i think when we were obviously testing these cars just before we get into the whole thing um the one thing that we wanted to do obviously was artwork and it just pops on these cards, man. It just super pops, like super sick, super nice. And it's kind of funny, like when you're looking for artwork, sometimes it can be very, uh, you know, that's always a contentious thing with, with something such as Transformers having the IP and stuff like that. But like, we're really happy with some of the card art that we've got. And uh, yeah, um, going forward, it's going to be really more interesting. Like our whole mythos is fun and theme. Like, you know that, most of the guys here are filthy casuals. Like we love this game, uh, and sure we love the competitive scene, and there's a place for that. But like, like we said in our preview video, as much as on this cast now is this set is fun and theme, and that's pretty much what the Turbo Revenol Punks is all about: fun. And that's pretty much with a giant exclamation mark. Like we want characters in the Transformers to feel like their counterparts, whether it be in the TV show, whether it be in the movies whether it be in the comics. We want them to all play a little bit different and a little bit fun and theme. Can agree more. Um, you know, it should be noted as well when we were designing these cards. So because we are casual players and me and Lee are gluttons for punishment, we do a lot of cross-play. So Turbo Revving Old Punk's Phase 1 has been extensively play-tested alongside Arcwave 1 and Bayformers cards, because that's the mainstay of our, our group. You know, there's a few of us will play ATP stuff, yeah. but we generally we generally reserve them for more like competitive style games. Uh, and following on from our interview with Dan, like the ATP cards aren't designed with cross-play in mind. So equally, we've not really play-tested them with them. I know you've chucked a few in some of, some of your decks where you might have A to ATP carrots or a couple of battle cards, but really it's been play-tested to be a companion, a casual companion, to Bayformers World Strike and Arcwave One. Yep. And we've also been working with them, the, the guys at the Arcand. Bayformers are kindly giving me a bit of a sneak peek into what's coming. Yeah. So we can balance these cards for future um, crossplay as well. So hopefully, you know, we've all 
covered the bases and when the, the next sets the big sets come out from those two um, amazing groups they are we're not going to like break the game by having some of our battle cards be really wonky yeah um, and we've tried not to tread on each other's toes. If we know they're making a strategy, there's a couple where we have cross-pollinated, but then you've got a choice as the players as to what yeah. stratagem you might want to use. Um, so that's it, really. But I think we've rambled enough, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, we're, we're done with I rambling. Think, should we get into this? I think we got to just like break it down. Like We need to just get into it, because it isn't, it isn't uh, uh, a monster, but it is... It's, it's super fun. The set is fun. Um, yeah, we're just going to babble. But I think, Dave, we need to just we need to just kick it. Okay, we need to just get, get it out of the way. We've teased her enough. Should we talk about Nightbird, the promo? So like we said, with all our sets and phases, we're going to do a promo character that comes out with it. Because like we say, we want to do characters, but also we don't want to just release characters and characters and characters. We want to have a consensus of like, that character is very niche or wasn't done justice by wizards. So, yeah, Nightbird. Dave, this is your baby, so I'll let you take over. Yeah, well, here she is. Um, so, a bit of background behind her. Like, we weren't going to do any characters. And then I just had... I've been flicking through for a lot of artwork. And I just come across this... It's like a panorama... Not a panorama, but like a storyboard. Four, Im four images of Nightbird. And it's from the Transformers Legends, I believe, so it's got that similar artwork look to the Wizards cards. So Lee can bring up the actual full artwork now for you, and then we're going to give you the card. There you go. And say, Look at that. And I just had an idea one night. It's like, oh, Lee, you know you said we weren't going to do carrots, but I've had this really, really cool idea for Nightbird. Because the promo one was okay, but she didn't really set the world on fire. And I wanted to do something different for her. And I want to make her true to what we saw in G1. So this is Nightbird, the Terror Cura Construct. Um, she is a mercenary. She is a melee character. So she's only got one trait, she's melee. Four attack, 11 health, two defense. She's got focus one, and when, a, when this battles a melee enemy, do one damage to that enemy after the battle, and she costs seven stars. But of note, she only has one mode. She don't transform. Because in G1, she didn't transform, did she, Lee? No, she didn't. Um, she did definitely did not. And it's possibly one of the worst episodes I've ever seen in my life. Because, uh, obviously, making that trailer for you guys out there. Nightbird! Nightbird! What is a ninja? I had to watch that episode and I realised that... Um, it is quite bad. <laughs> there's, there's a fair few episodes where, for this whole review and overview, where I've literally gone, oh, yeah, that character's in that episode, and then watched it and gone, like, I watched this as a kid. This has not aged well. <laughs> some of the episodes really have, and there are some that have, but the Nightbird one particularly Yeah, the Nightbird particularly one's just, didn't. Oh, no, it's a rough one. So she's called the Terra Cura Construct because in the story, sort of the wider story, I think it's from the comics, um, Megatron sets up a like company called Terracura, and he actually makes a load of Nightbirds, but he makes them as like made robots. So they're like designed to be like clumsy and stuff, but they're really like assassins and stuff like that. So that's where the, the name Terracura construct comes from. Um, she's been really fun to play test. We've we've both um, 
you've been you've been against her, haven't you, quite a lot? And oh, I've yeah. been playing her quite a lot. I, I had I, I built her in like like we were talking about when we were playtesting most cards and stuff like that. I had her in a really fun all merc deck with a Snapdragon from ATP because he was melee, uh, Nightbird melee, and I think there was another melee character I forget off the top of my head. But then I was also using Bayformers uh, merc stuff. I was I was cross pollinating like a madman, and I built a little bit of a mini monster deck, and I was like, this is really cool because it's super theme because it's all mercenaries. But by God, uh, yeah, melee melee is uh, a thing. Just saying, it's all guys. It is getting a lot of love. <laughs> she, she's she's really good. Like she. The one thing I wanted to, to make her was not strictly an aggro character or a strictly a control character. I wanted to be able to fit into either shell. And when we come to the next part of the promo in a second, you'll see that she can fulfill different roles within that. Um, so she's good in... She's, I've tested her in orange decks. I've tested her in mixed pip. And I've tested her in like a control kind of shell as well. So like more defensive. That ping damage to melee is really, really good. Um, and it's when she battles. So if they attack her with a melee character, she's gonna shoot. She's gonna chop them back for a, for a sneaky damage. She's just cool. Like she's cool. There were, you know, she went through fair fair few changes. Um, she did have a bouncy ability at one point, but we just dropped that for for tightness. We felt the focus was more fitting of a ninja, and the the melee ping damage felt a bit more appropriate for a, a hand to hand fighter like Nightbird. Um, the bounty just it was kind of tacked on because she was a mercenary, but it just didn't feel right. So if you're wondering why she ain't got it's be, it's be because it just didn't feel right. And she had a lot of abilities for a character that doesn't flip with only uh, uh, for only seven stars, which is why she don't she doesn't have a bounty ability. A hundred percent. Now the funniest thing is when we made the trailer, we also kind of teased something because we haven't really had um, a character interact with a, a stratagem how we have created. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let Dave take control of this because this is what makes her I think incredibly cool and spicy guys. So quite early in the design, I felt like she could do with something that makes her unique, because just having a transformer that doesn't transform is just wasn't very exciting to me. So I wanted to do something that was a little bit different. So I I was racking my brains and we came up with the idea of doing a double-sided stratagem. And this is quite unique. You know, some groups like the double-sided, like Bayformers and ATP do, Arc only really have single-sided ones. So I, I wanted this particular one to be double-sided because it felt right. So while she doesn't transform, she's got two different protocols that she can follow as a character uh, to change the way she plays from turn to turn. So it's a double-sided stratagem. The first side is called Assault Protocol. Um, and it begins with Assault Protocol face up. And it reads, at the start of your turn, you may scrap a card from your hand. If you do, flip this. And then, when your Nightbird Terra Cura Construct attacks and doesn't, doesn't have a weapon, she gets plus one attack until the end of battle. So kind of like she's that unarmed specialist. She can go in unarmed. She's just as deadly without a weapon as she is with. Um, obviously, you can still put a weapon on her, and then you can flip her to the other side of the strategy. Um, so it's, again, it's gone through some changes, hasn't it, Lee? You know, it used to not have a cost to, to flip the strategy, but we felt it was too good. 
Um, what do you think, though? What, what, what's been your thoughts on this unique flippy, flippy scratch? I think it's really cool because it basically kind of imitates what people would be if they're actually in a fight. Like, um, I feel like, obviously, I don't know many ninjas, so it's kind of weird to say this, <laughs> uh, but it's kind of fun to have um, a defensive mode and an attack mode. And I feel like it's really cool that um, a unique character such as Nightbird have something like that. So as they stated, you know, you can go full on attack. And then obviously, if you're going to attack with a right off the bat, you know, you're probably going to get hit by the assault. But then in your following turn, you could then go to the evasion and then play a little bit like... How Dave was saying how he built, like you could probably go down the brave route or maybe just, you know, do some other fun shenanigans and make her last a little bit longer and do some fun stuff. It just it just builds up the character to have I think I think the best way of describing it as well is kind of it's another game outside of the game uh, and also gives her another mm. ability that doesn't overhaul on the card which I think is really cool to have. And also when you play stratagems as well, most of the time you just say I'm playing this stratagem and that's it. And then people read it and you're like, oh, okay. But then with this one, it's like it's constantly flipping and stuff like that. And people will probably be like, what the heck does that do? That's that's different. And I think that's what we wanted. We wanted to do something different. And I think we really nailed it with this Nightbird, man. It's super cool. Um, we might do something similar in the not too distant future with other characters. But it just felt right that a robot ninja could go from i'm gonna punch your face off to then oh no i need to get out of the way yeah. and dodge exactly so you know the flip side is like lee's alluded to it's a more defensive side it's called evasion protocol and it has the same thing again uh, so it begins with the other side face up that's uh, just just to clarify which side you start with and at the start of the turn or start of your turn you may scrap a card from your hand if you do flip this so as far as i'm aware i don't think there's any other flippy stratagems i can flip backwards and forwards like this in the fan, no. fan community. So that was that's something I want to make unique for her. Uh, and it does feel unique. It makes her a little bit more interesting than, than just a robot that doesn't flip. Um, so she's got got that aspect. And it also, you choo it, you're choosing when to do it as well. So it's going to cost you a card out your hand. Potentially every start of your turn, you could flip her backwards and forwards if, if you wanted to. So you've got to kind of factor in that cost to making a switch protocol. And it's very similar. It's kind of like the polar opposite of the assault side, and that is when your Nightbird Terracura construct defends and doesn't have an armor, she gets plus one defense until the end of battle. So I like it. I, I've really enjoyed playtesting her. I, I think she's really cool. She opens up some options at seven stars, um, some teams that she can slide into where you can make use of like opportune offensive or opportune repairs, which are really good cards. But I don't think her wizard iteration was well received enough because she was quite fragile with zero defense in car mode she had a really annoying ability but she just got kicked off the board really didn't she and i think this version is a little bit tougher yeah it is kind of cool because you can just take her at seven you don't have to play the strat like you can take her at seven but if you play the strat it's eight and for eight stars she does a lot of diversity and a lot of cool different things which i think is incredibly cool because I think, like we were talking to Dan in the previous episode, like eight, nine, ten star characters are kind of a big chunk of your star cast, obviously, in the game. So you want them to do something that is either, you know, I'm going to punch something in the face or I'm going to be a defender or I'm going to be a utility kind of piece. And she kind of does all of it really, really well. Uh, so we wanted to basically, well, I think Dave really wanted to just hit the nail on the head. Like, she's a ninja. She should attack and she should defend and she could be elusive and do loads of cool stuff. And, you know, 
I really like it because she punches you for five in like, you know, assault protocols. And that's before you decide to, uh, you know, decide to play any boost cards on her. So you don't, obviously, you want to avoid that weapon, but you don't mind putting a grenade launcher on her, guys. Exactly. Because who doesn't like a grenade launcher? Exactly. Um, but obviously, with evasion, it's exactly the same, but with an armor. So, you know, there is a bit of a downfall. Like, you want to keep her alive, but then that extra armor, you know, that's cool. But then maybe you're pushing the route of maybe secret actions again. Something that, you know, play some of the elusive things that don't get played as much. So, who would do that? I know, eh? Who someone, would play someone secret, I know who would play loves secret, their secret actions? actions? I know, eh? Who would have thought it? Gives, it gives, I think also it really opens up a whole new element of deck building, which I think is really cool within the game. Because obviously, when it comes to playing the game, you always have staples but with nightbird it kind of opens up especially when you uh look at the bayformer stuff with all the mercenary stuff in there and some of the fun cards in that as well like it opens up a, a load of cool stuff and then obviously with other sets like the arc did a lot of cool stuff for melee obviously atp have done some really cool stuff as well for melee as well it's just really strong and it and, it, and it's really cool to have uh, give a character justice that um i could definitely say wizards kind of just went meh yeah, there's there's a shiny there's a shiny promo. She's got a really interesting ability, but she'll just die because she's got zero armor. And no one likes no one likes that tax of taking a damage when they play an action. So she was always a high priority target. Uh, but she's you know it's different. That's a different version of Nightbird. That's after she's learned the art of transformation. Yeah, that's true. Um, so it's a different version. So this is you know for me i want to do that pure g1 aesthetic the pure g1 feels of the character and i think and i hope you agree listeners that we kind of we've kind of given her some a card that's more in keeping with what she was originally so that is nightbird yep and i think it's going to lead into i think we're going to go with the stratagems first aren't we because these were these were some of the first cards that were kind of brainstormed before we went into the battle cards so let's, let's, should we do the stratagems, mate? I feel like that's a perfect, perfect uh, segue into them. So obviously, guys, with the Nightbird one, we have 16 stratagems in total. Um, a lot of characters across the waves have been given a lot of love in this. Uh, there's been some uh, looking looking at some of the characters. I could definitely say there's a few that are spicy. There's a few that you're like, oh, gosh, that's it does that. Because there's one in here I, I definitely know. You can say number four is phenomenal i really like that because when dave immediately was like i want to do a strat for this character and then i and then he played it against me i was like holy cow that makes him playable and fun oh my god and then immediately i was like i want to go out and build that thing <laughs> and that yeah. was the whole point we wanted to do with this set so do you want me to take the first one you go you go first mate um when we were designing, there's my names on a lot of the cards. I think I took sort of like the design lead early, didn't I? And I was oh, like yeah. farting out cards like left, right and centre. Um, so phase two, I'm going to be taking much more of a backseat because we've got some new members on board and we'll, we'll introduce them as we come to... One of them has a new card in the set in phase one. Um, so like, you know, a lot... You're going to see my name was on a lot of the cards, but that wasn't because I was taking over anything. It's because I literally, I couldn't stop making them. It was true. It was pretty much like, I've got this idea, I'm going to roll with it. <laughs> That's exactly how Dave was, and it's awesome <laughs> to have in that. So, number one, guys, we're going to talk about All Hail Megatron. The game is over, Megatron! On the contrary, Optimus Prime, I still have a trump card to play! That's right. This is a stratagem for General Megatron. Uh, this is obviously the uh wave three megatron and the stratagem states for one star guys uh, your general megatron has plus one attack plus 
to health. So if we quickly bring up Megatron in alt mode, that will take him to six attack. And then he's got a base health of 17. And then obviously when he flips to big boy bad mode in alt mode, he goes to eight attack. And again, obviously 17 health across the board. Um, this was designed by obviously Dave, as you can see in the bottom corner. Um, I love playing General Megs. Um, obviously, very famously on my channel, um, Mondo uh, made General Megatron quite scary and relevant at the Energon Open, uh, or Invitational, or whatever you want to call it in London. Um, and obviously, Megatron has always been given a little bit of shade, should we say. He's always been in the shade uh, and the shadow of Optimus Prime, because Optimus Prime seems to always have a really good card iteration uh, and Megatron always seemed to just be that little bit behind when Wizards made them like everyone who I've talked to whether they be in the community whether they be part of teams of designers and whatever all of them want to make a Megatron relevant or create a new Megatron and make them relevant excellent now it's merely a matter of time until Optimus Prime admits defeat Obviously, with one stars, this takes you to a whopping 14-star Megatron. That is a beefcake and a half. I've played with this strat. I know Rich played a lot with it as well uh, in our game test, trying to do our mirror matches with General Megs. And it makes him relevant again, because I think people kind of forget about General Megatron, because there's so many Megatrons out there that are really good. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love this strat. It's very simple. Uh, I think it's incredibly scary because when you go to, obviously with this guy, you want to flip back and forth between modes and do ping damage, which is scary. But how General Megatron normally works, how I play him, so a little bit of an insight, is obviously you take this strategy and he goes to eight. Immediately, you're looking for attack drones. You put three of them on him immediately kind of get them out as quickly as possible he goes to 11 base without any additional attacks that's kind of scary and then obviously with his alt mode you can flip and do damage equal to the number of weapons on the battlefield so that's three just from you and however you've built your team and if they've got weapons by gosh it can get quite scary i love him i absolutely love megatron and i think we've done him a little bit of justice because we want him to be on par with some of the the heavy heavy hitters that are in this game so dave your thoughts yeah i general megatron i bought four boosters when i first started playing i bought a, one of the starter decks and i bought four packs of siege one in those four packs was general megs and i was like oh yay Amazing. And I started playing, and I was like, why is he not as good as Optimus Prime? Like, we all know that Wizards obviously biased the Autobots early on in the game. But I was like, why, why, why is he not quite as good? So he's, it's always bugged me. And then we had Galaxy Prime with his 21 health for uh, 15 stars. I was like, yeah, General Megatron isn't quite there. Um, and we haven't had an 8-tack Megatron, have we? No. So I wanted to do something. You know, we did try some other abilities, but they just didn't feel right. And generally, what, what I wanted from Megatron was an eight-attack counterpart to Optimus Prime, like Battlefield Legend, Galaxy Prime, a, a Megatron that could hit as hard as they do. 
because uh, he his gun's powered by a black hole. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, you know, why is he not very good? Um, and like you say, you can build the deck around him. You can build it with the attack drones and all, all the, the, the extra weapons and stuff and get that real value. Um, I've been testing him with uh, one of the battle cards in this set, so I haven't gone the attack drone attack drone route i've gone way more of just like i'm gonna make megatron yeah just re like, really like so horrible I don't yeah just <laughs> really horrible and my flips don't have to be megatron every turn i can do something else i can just get him tooled up and then ping damage at the start of his turn um he has 14 stars so you don't have a lot much else to play with but at 14 you can get demolisher and say brawl from the arc or bomb shock from the arc um you know You've got you've got options there if you want to go aggro, if you want to go more control route, and he is scary in control because I've still been playing it. You know, if you're playing with Sidian plating and play plating from the Art Wave One and Tetronite Micro Lining from Bayformers, you can build a really solid Megatron control deck, and he is walloping for like eight minimum every time he attacks. It's really good. I love it. Um, obviously, biased slightly, but um, <laughs> you know, I don't think it's particularly overpowering. It just brings him up to somewhere between, say, Battlefield Legend power and Galaxy Prime. He's kind of sitting somewhere in the middle. You know, Battlefield Legend's ability is amazing. You know, when he attacks and flips cards, you can play an action that he flips. So, like, he's not quite as good as Battlefield Legend, so, you know, but he's good. And I think it gives him a bit of table time, which is what I wanted. 100%. Uh, I've, I've loved playing Control with him, with um, my lovely Shade Boy, also known as Aimless, so yeah, it's uh, I love the control route with him, and you know, it's like it's like Dave said already. Like you're you're not gonna complain when you see a Megatron just going, yeah, my base is eight attack. You're kind of like, oh yeah, you're supposed to be feared and scary, aren't you? So, just feels right. It just feels right. Definitely. Okay, Dave. Moving on to number two of our stratagems. I believe we've spoiled this one, but it's a very exciting one. It is. It's been spotlight. I've been releasing spoilers. So for those listeners that are listening to this on the day of release, um, we've recently made the Turbo Rubbing Old Punks Facebook group public. So please come and join us. Come and chat. Um, our Discord is also open to the public now as well. Um, so you know i'll give lee some links to put in the description come and join us come and hang out like particularly from the uk and you're looking for someone to play because the uk scene has struggled yeah um you know come and come and join us but yeah this card was spoiled this week on on there and it hasn't hasn't really changed but we designed it as a character that really did need some support and it's quite I, I, ironic that it's actually called artillery support and it's for warpath the confident sharpshooter yes that wave two rare that had six health and he was a tank So it was laughable, um, his health total, particularly when they designed the Black Pip and just meant, oh, well, he's never going to get played at all then, no. is he? So the stratagem is one stars, and it reads, your com Warpath Confidence Sharpshooter has plus one attack and plus four health. Plus four health. Uh, and when your Warpath Confidence Sharpshooter defends in alt mode, reduce the attacker's pierce total by two. Because he's a tank. He's a <laughs> tank, He's a tank. Guys. Um, it was designed by me again. It's one of the earlier ones I designed, but I feel that it addresses some of the problems that he had, and that was horrific health pull. He had really good, def like, he had a really good armor, didn't mm -hmm. he? He was. It was kind of reversed as well because 
Obviously, in alt mode, it was two, but in bot mode, it was three. So it was reversed, and we were like, that's very different. <laughs> and it's just so. really to help him not just get yeeted off the battlefield. On your, So if you're going second, and they are playing aggro, and this guy, well, I'm just going to go and kill Warpath, because he's easy. He's easy meat for me, because I'm orange, black, bold. I'll just fart out a load of um, orange and black pips, and he's dead. Yeah. And you're like, well, that was six stars well spent. Um, this way, it's seven stars, and he's got ten health. And he hits a little bit harder as yeah, well. Yeah, he goes four, five in alt mode and three in bot mode. But that three, he's got pierce, is it pierce four? Well, he's got a built-in pierce two. Pierce two. So yeah, he, he goes up to three pierce two. And then like you say, he goes up to five attacking tank mode because he's a tank. Because he's a tank. That's all we've got to say. He's a tank. He's a tank. And again, it kind of like, you know, if you want to go that sort of mixed team route, you can look at start looking at General Megatron again. And Warpath, like, you know, like, can we use these together? Maybe. It's blasphemous for some people, but you could. You could. You could. <laughs> it is blasphemy for some people, but you really could. Um, I, I really like it. What do, you, what do you think about this, mate? I think it's phenomenal. And the one thing I know going into Phase 2 is I want to do some Warpath kind of themed cards because I've played this and I've realized, well... If only he had that much health, he would probably be way more relevant. Because obviously what Dave has mentioned is he has six health. And most of the time, you would flip him to bot mode where it basically says enemies can't use tough. But what was my favorite card until Sturdy Javelin, Dave? Oh, Marksmanship. Marksmanship. And Marksmanship said do two damage to someone in bot mode. If you brainstormed and had the dream turn, you could kill him in turn one. <laughs> yeah. It's horrible. It was absolutely horrible. Um, but obviously with 10 health, it makes it more relevant. And I think that's the one thing with a lot of our strats, you'll realize we've either increased a little bit their health or their attack because of um, where the game finished. The power curve was obviously incredible. Uh, and we wanted to bring a little bit of justice to some of the characters. And obviously we want you guys to go back in your binders and go, oh yeah, that guy. Oh, yeah, that guy. Oh, yeah, let's go play with him. Because I can tell you for a fact, I bloody love Warpath. Warpath's such a cool character. I'm glad I'm going on the mission. Blam! I want another crack at him. Kazowie! The artwork's phenomenal. Why did you do him dirty, Wizards? We'll never know. Um, I think they just I put, think put up a higher premium on defense totals back then, didn't they? Because mm. Pierce, like, there was Pierce, but you didn't have Black Pips. So, like, he was probably very good. Like, I'm probably fair when there was no black pit. But, like, as soon as you start, like, just piercing every, you know, attack for seven, pierce seven, you're like, oh, he's dead then, isn't he? Um, so, I think, like, the design of some of the earlier characters, particularly the tanks, you look at Demolisher, you look at Dartmount, Warpath, they put a real high price, like, a health, almost like a health tax on that high defense when it ended up being completely irrelevant. At yeah. the end, end of where they left it. So I think that's that's why they did them dirty. I think they probably didn't think they were doing them the dirty back then, but it actually ended up being a very, very poor card. Like you say, he's languished in, in the binders of probably everyone in, in the world. True. Um, just not being played. So hopefully, guys, you want to put Warpath on the battlefield. You know, the card was nearly called something else, but it would have conflicted with another fan-made card from, <laughs> from Wave X. We were going to call it Kablam, yeah. um, which was a... Um, we have a new member of the Turbo Revving Old Punks. He's joined us about six weeks ago, and that's Ozzy, um, all the way from Australia. Um, he has joined the Punks, and he 
designed an almost identical stratagem independently of me and it was called Kablam. And we nearly called it Kablam and then someone's like, you do know that Wave X have the same card? And it's like, well, the same name. So we're like, yeah, we won't do that. So that's why it's called Artillery Support. Um, but yeah, I think Warpath needs a new, not not just a stratagem, but a new version of Warpath needs to be made. You never know. You never know. We guys. might have a stab. Yeah. We might have a stab. You never, never know. So. Stratagem 3. Stratagem 3. We're going into Covert, which is for Private Sideswipe, Infantry, Soldier. Permission to speak freely? Yes, Sideswipe. You want us to hunt down an ancient artifact based on information sent from Magnus, who is currently under Decepticon control. At best, it could be a distraction. At worst, it's a trap. It's a trap! It is a treasure. It's one star. It was designed by a good friend and forefather, uh, Matthew, a.k.a. Matifer. And it says, your private sideswipe infantry soldier has stealth and plus two health. Now, if you're like me, can you even remember this sideswipe, Dave? <laughs> that sounds really rude, but it's true. Can you even Vaguely, remember uh, like he, he, how he was? He, it's like when he flips back to alt mode, he gets some plus attack equals the number of like characters in your KO area. And I think, or is it like, I can't, I, do you know what? Bring up the card I and know. Tell, every, tell everyone okay, what he does. So guys, this is what he does. If you can't even remember, you know, Pause this podcast and go get the card, and we can read it together. <laughs> okay, so in alt mode, guys, he has two attack, 11 health, and one armor. So obviously, with the um, increase uh, of two health, he's going to be base 13. He's eight stars, and in alt mode, he says, when you flip to this mode, this gets plus two attack until the end of turn for each character in your KO area. So Dave did remember a little bit, guys. I'm just saying is all. He did a little bit. And he has stealth, so remember that. So he has stealth in this mode. Then you can flip him to bot mode and then he goes, when one of your other characters is KO'd during your opponent's turn, untap this. So there is some untapped shenanigans corners. And he also, again, has stealth. So it keeps him alive. Uh, obviously, he's melee in bot mode and he's a car and melee in alt mode. Overall, he's eight stars. With this stratagem, he goes to nine. Um, obviously, if you know Matifer, he loves cars. His boys are Sideswipe and Sunstreaker. So it only had to be muttered, do you want to do something? Immediately, he jumped on Private Sideswipe. Enough said. That's exactly what he wanted to do. And this is a bit tasty. I It made me want to go back and play him a little bit. So hopefully it makes you want to go back and play him because you wanted to run him with weaponizers and loads of fun stuff. And, you know, with the extra cards from the fan-made sets now, he might be relevant. And he's a car. So you never know, guys. He's a car. Let's, let's just throw that out there. He is a car. So, Dave, your thoughts on uh, Matifer's stratagem? Yeah. Well, thanks, Matt, for designing it. It's a guest stratagem. So Matt's got a few cards and, like, a handful of cards. I think it's four in total, and this is one of them. And, like, obviously, it's Matifer. He's going to make a cars card. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Here, here it is. Um, I think definitely, yeah, the, his biggest weakness prior to this stratagem was he just got killed. Like Warpath, like the card we are talking about previously. He just died. So you were never really able to make use of that really cool flip ability back to car. You know, flipping back and say you're playing a four-wide team and you've got the other three dead, getting plus six attack in Shabby. Um, 
you know, if you if you can go like like look at some Titan Masters and stuff like that, dare I say, because I hate them, but like you know some of the cheap cheap bodies with like a one star heads and stuff like that, you can get quite a few bodies in your KO area. The Horde characters from Arc Wave One, like the Sharkticons, um, it's all like stuff. And he, again, he's a car, so you can go Sports Car Patrol. Lots and lots of different options. And he just made him. Made him relevant. Obviously, you can just switch it off. You just play Spy Satellite Uplink if you if you know that your mate loves covert sideswipe. Just there are answers to it. So it's not like we've broken him. We've just given him a fighting chance to actually make use of his characters. He's, he's rather than just being rubbish. And it fits theme because he is very stealthy, which always makes me laugh because he's a bright red Lamborghini. Like I know he's somehow stealth. You'll hear him coming from a mile off somehow, but he's stealth. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think some of the some of the characters that have stealth in the game it doesn't quite make sense, but they have stealth and that's that's but it's just a, a really good ability, um, and I think it's nice that not just us but other fans that are really starting to make use of stealth and brave because they're two I think underused abilities. So yeah, covert absolutely. Go and get him out. Get him out. He was like a back of the binder challenge many, yeah, many, 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 many moons ago. Um, bring him out of the binders and see what you can do with Maybe, Kova. maybe on a on a live stream coming to you guys soon. We've already suggested that we were going to play certain stratagems and try and build different teams and have a showdown on the live stream. So maybe, maybe we just have to have a, a covert combat or something like that. Like we always have to have alliteration with them as well, which is quite funny. I know, I know. Slagfest is on. Oh, is it Slugfest or Slagfest? I forget. Slagfest. Slagfest one, of, one of the two. One of the two is uh, going to be one for sure. But yeah, um, hopefully this guy definitely uh, comes back outside of uh, the binders, guys, for you, because you know he is a beloved character. He is Sideswipe. Yeah, definitely. Sideswipe definitely deserved better than what Wizards gave him. Um, and I know Matafer has done Arc Sideswipe, who is amazing. Mm -hmm. Like one of one of my favorite cards from that set. Um, and yeah, just nice to see a bit of love given to the, the lackluster incarnation. And moving on to the next one is also a really lackluster character who was a bit rubbish. He was, but I think this is one of my favorite stratagems other than obviously one that I designed in the set. I love this stratagem because I obviously went against it multiple times while Dave was playtesting. I was like, that is super cool and fun. I love it. I absolutely love this one. I think, again, it's, it's giving you an, an excuse to get him out of the binder. Um, this was also spoiled on um, the Facebook group this week, um, at the time of recording. And this one's called Durable Decepticon. And it's for Raider Skytread Special Ops Soldier from Wave 4. Kind of like the precursor to the dreaded Sky Shadow. <laughs> but um, this was the rubbish way that Wizards tried to implement it. And then Sky Shadow went completely the other way. So this is a one-star stratagem. So I believe that puts him and his components up to 13 stars. So a sizable chunk of your list. Um, it used to be a double-sided stratagem. But I was talked into just making it one-sided because it's way less clunky on the battlefield. So whilst we've got two double-sided, um, we cut this down to one single-sided. And the first line of text is, Your Skytread plane, Special Ops Soldier, has plus one defense. Uh, the plane had zero defense originally. Yeah, so that goes to one, which is relevant. Yeah, it, it give, again, it gives it a fighting chance. And this is the cool part. This is... Um, we played around with different numbers and ways of doing things with this, but this is where it's ended up. And it's when you combine into Raider Skytread, Special Ops Soldier, 
For each card placed under him, you may repair one damage from him up to a maximum of five damage. So if he's kicked off the board early, you're gonna get, you know, you've got hand cards, cards, you're gonna get, because that's the big thing with Sky Tread. Losing your entire hand was awful. It just felt bad, didn't it? You'd be like, oh, you've killed him, and now I have no cards, and you're going to kill him before he can really start getting my cards back and moving the damage across. So you had a really cool ability of damage movement, but it just was, uh, it'd be like, you know, because what's the, the tank was, what, 8 health, and the plane was 10? Yep, that is correct. God, I've got a good memory. You have. <laughs> this late hour of the day. So, yeah, like, but if, if they killed the plane, for example, you were, like, 8 health left, he was going to die. He was gonna die. He was gonna <laughs> die. And then you've lost your entire hand. So everyone rightly so was like, Do you know what, Skytread? Into the binder you go. You're a naughty boy. You're not coming out. <laughs> and I think with this, yeah, there is still a significant drawback, but his actual raw stats of what? Is it six, eighteen, three? Mate, Dave is on it. I haven't even got He's the cards in front. Right right literally, this is my I've been looking at so many cards today as well. He's just, on it, Brovner. He's, just, you're I, on the it, Brovner. Brovner is on it. The Brovner is on the it, Brovner Brovner is on So, it. yeah, he's got really good raw stats, but, like, losing your hand always felt terrible. And we tried, like, doing things, like, you know, maybe, like, not discarding as many cards or whatever. And it just it didn't feel right. Like, the intent behind the card is, like, there has got to be a sacrifice to getting a, a pretty hefty body for 13, uh, for 12 stars. Um, with this obviously getting 13, but that repairing five means when you combine, you, you combine on a, a reasonable health toll and have a fighting chance just to get your cards and your ping damage back or your move it, damage movement back across. What do you think, mate? Obviously, you said you like it, so... I, I love this. Um, the funniest thing is, um, this is how our uh, friendship started on a deck tech challenge using Skytread. This is how it all came, and it's kind of come first... Full circle, so there is a bit of nostalgia to this character for both of us. Let's go! It was kind of those characters where we're just like, ah, oh, Skytra, that's a really cool idea. And then you read it and you're like, ah, oh, that seems really cool. And then you kept reading a little bit more and go like, oh, that's... Terrible. That's <laughs> really, really savage. Um, but then also that comes down to you remembering what cards you had in there. So it was quite funny, like, playing him for a while, I had to have a notebook and go, like, write this down and turn it face down so my opponent doesn't know. Because obviously when you get a card, you don't know what it could be because it, you take one at random. You can't just yes. look at your whole thing and go, like, oh, I would definitely use this at this point. Um, but obviously with the, the information you already have or if you've got a great memory, which I don't have, you'll obviously know what's under there and you can pull, it, uh, pull out the good stuff, hopefully, with your random pulls. He is going to be 12 on his own, but if you take this stratagem, which is incredible, guys, it takes him to 13, because I've had games where I've tried to punt at least the tank or the plane off the board, and then as soon as they've gone to the KO area, um, Dave's kind of just gone, okay, cool, I combine, cool, I've got this many cards in hand, cool, I'll repair five. Wow, look at that. Um, I'm back to pretty much 13 health, and you're like, what? So sorry, what? You've only, you've only taken five damage? What? No, 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 yeah. no, that can't... Oh, oh. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, why? <laughs> uh, but it is fun, because also, again, like our whole set is, guys, it's fun and theme. And Skytread is a fun, fun character to play. He just... You need to just try him out. And I think this stratagem, oh, it makes him sing so well. Yeah, definitely. And this was co-designed between me and Rogue247. 
aka my good mate Jared, yes. who um, I become I become good friends through the Blues on Attack server, and he was actually part of the impetus for making the set and like the birth of it, as it were, because his exact words were, "How can we un <laughs> Skytread?" <laughs> Uh, that just sounds how can we Jared, how can we do that and I was like right okay let's let's have a brainstorm and he's designed co-designed three stratagems I believe with me in the set and they all were started in that way how can we un sorry I'll, I'll say it in a nicer way how can we unpoop <laughs> un this character yes how can we unpoop this character they were Jared Jared's exact words I'm quoting them verbatim he was like how can we un this character and Yes, um, I think we. Whilst we're never gonna, you're never gonna put Skytread into a tournament, no. But if you're like me, and I like making use of my entire collection of cards, like at least get him on the table and have a bit of fun with him because he's quite fun. Like, like you know, it's all a bit random and stuff. Whether you you lose your cards and get back at random, but like it's fun, and I've enjoyed playing with this, and I know that. A couple of people that were involved in the playtesting process were very pleased when they heard that this had made the final cut. Yeah. That was a bit of a, a scream of joy, let's just say. A couple of cheers. Indeed, indeed. So Stratagem 5 is another one designed by me and Rogue. What is it, Lee? It is fully loaded, and it is for Captain Astrotrain Space Force Transport. I declare this to be Astrotrain Headquarters. That's it! I'm retiring! Now! Run! Help! Run for your <laughs> So who needs you spineless plasm heads anyway? Stratagem is one star and it states when your captain Astrotrain uh, Space Force Transport, that's a name and a half guys just saying, uh, flips to another mode, scrap the top card of your deck. If it's an upgrade, you may play it on him. Obviously, when we get to the character, you want upgrades on this guy. Trust me. Uh, the second uh, paragraph kind of states, your Astro uh, Captain Astro Train Space Force Transport gets plus one health for each upgrade he has equipped up to a maximum of three. So, he has temporary health with this stratagem, which is phenomenal, guys. If you think about it, it is pretty, pretty rude so looking at captain astrotrain i'm just going to call him astrotrain because that name is just horrifically hilarious to put it he's already 12 stars guys with his strategy he goes to 13 obviously he's a triple changer so when you go from like if you we just take a quick look at his spaceship and his train mode his space mode uh, spaceship mode obviously is when this has one upgrade on him and he defends he gets plus one attack so obviously you're putting if you're using his ability uh, obviously when you flip to another mode and you get an upgrade, you can put it on him. Fantastic. That helps out that mode. When you flip into train mode, if you have two upgrades on him, obviously he gets plus two attack in the train mode, which I thought was really cool. Like, this train's going to run and hunt you down, which is incredible. Obviously, that works really well with the stratagem with the flips and stuff. But the kicker, the one thing that we all loved about Captain Astro Train was how heavy this mother trucker can hit. Like, seriously, when he has at least three upgrades and he battles, he gets plus three attack and plus three defense. So when he just battles, guys, so that's also with defending and attacking, I believe. Right, Dave? Yes. Yeah. So if you have this correctly, he is a 9-4 in bot mode. That's kind of scary. But the best thing about it was 
Well, the one thing that scared a lot of people was, okay, he's got 14 health and he's going to be 12 stars. With this stratagem, obviously, his health will constantly keep going up and down depending on how many upgrades you have on him. So he's kind of got like built-in health um, help with this stratagem, which is great, on top of possibly other cards you might play, which gives him even more health. And if you think about it, Astro Train is a ginormous guy. Because if you've seen him in any of the comics or even any of the shows, he is a tall, tall guy. Like, Megatron is tall. Astro Train is taller. And that always kind of blew my mind because I always thought Megatron was the tallest. When Astro Train rocked up, I was like, holy cow, who the heck is this guy? He is a giant. And obviously, everyone loves the toys. It's, it's a guy who casually walks around with a minigun in it for a weapon. Like, come on. I, I'm a sucker for a minigun. I love a good minigun. But I love Fully Loaded. It's super cool. Um, I'll let Dave uh, take a little bit of the reins now because this is his baby. So, Dave, Fully Loaded. Yeah, we, me and Jared, again, we're like, how can we unpoop this character? Um, and his biggest weakness is always, always upgrade removal. Wrecked him. And it's very hard sometimes to get up to the desired amount of upgrades quickly. So like, how can we accelerate him? How can we accelerate him without making him stupid? So this card from Wave 2 called Scrounge, which is when you play it, reveal the top card of your, your deck. If there's an upgrade, you may play it. So like, why don't we give him like a Scrounge ability? It originally was like a little bit better than this, but it was too strong. Um, particularly with Decepticons and Overwhelming Advantage, it was too consistent, so we had to tame it down. So I think we've kind of hit a happy medium of making a character that you're paying like more than half your stars when you add this stratagem in, um, relevant to your team and not being just a bit uh, like, oh, they've blown up my toys, I'm rubbish now. Like, yes, he still needs those toys, but when he's got them and he can get them quicker, you can be swinging out the gates quicker. There is the potential to get a crazy overwhelming advantage early, but you have to be incredibly lucky. And if you're gonna put that much work into manipulating your deck that way, then kudos to you. Um, it's not kind of the intent behind the design was to make him an overwhelming advantage monster. Um, it can be done though, but I, pl I played an overwhelming advantage shell in testing. And I think I got a rapid one, like a quick one, once or twice in quite a significant number of games. Um, so yeah, that's how the that part of the um, card was born. And the next part, we basically, I'm going to hold my hand up, we stole it from Matifer's Skybite. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> like, it was like, that's a really cool ability. What if we gave that to Astro Train and he, like, the more upgrades he gets, the harder he is? Yeah, let's do that. And it's stuck pretty much for, throughout the entire um, playtest procedure. Um, he has had that. Um, so yeah, I really like it. Jared really likes it. Jared did a lot of playtesting early. He's kind of um, not been able to participate as much playtesting. He's been finishing uni and stuff like that, doing his, his final pieces and all that. So he's, he's not been able to take as much an active hand. But in the early early days, he definitely um, was the impetus to un unpoop Astro Train, as, as it were. So there you go, fully loaded. Get that common bad boy out because it makes him so much better. There was no reason to put conversion engine on Astro Train before, was there? Lee? There was no point. Oh no, no. This um, this is uh, really interesting with this character because obviously you can go the overwhelming advantage route, 
don't get me wrong, that seems really powerful and strong with him. But like Dave just stated there, like you can go so many different routes with this guy. Like there's so much fun stuff with this guy that, you know, I think people have kind of forgotten because obviously, you know, he was a big costing boy. He is a beefcake. And say it with me, beefcake! Some people don't like their beefcake. I don't know why you don't like beefcakes. We love them on this channel and our podcast. <laughs> um, but it just makes a really well-known character come back to the forefront. And like we said, some some people might not even try and play with our set, which is completely fair. But holy cow, it makes me want to go back and play Astro Train right away because I know Dave and Jared were playtesting this a lot. I didn't even look at this bad boy as much because I was like, as soon as it got to, Lee, you need to make cards for the set. I was like, oh, you've done an Astro Train one. They're like, yeah, locked and loaded. That's done. We're sorted. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't called locked and loaded. It's called fully loaded, obviously. But they were like, yeah, that one's done. That is a guarantee like fixer. We just need to tweak it. And I was like, cool. I've got to look at other cards then. Let's just keep going through the binder and... Obviously, my, my love will be shown a little bit later on. Definitely will. Definitely will be because the strategy you have made is very, very cool. And it it's, is cool. It is cool. But the next one is also... This is also a fan favourite, isn't it? Come on, man. Everyone loves this guy. Everyone loves the Jeep. Everyone loves this guy. Everyone loves the Jeep. And he was in episode one of G1. He goes out with Cliff Jumper. And he's been doing kind of all shenanigans with his, his holograms for the entirety of G1. And that was Sergeant Hound Infantry Recon. And we've given him a stratagem called Holomata Mastery. Spike here wants to know how we transform, Hound. Easy. Like this. Incredible. Now watch this. Who's he? Nobody. He doesn't really exist, Spike. It's a hologram. He makes an airport in one episode, guys. I think that's I like in the third or second episode. He makes an airport just appear out of nowhere. What? Ab this? Absolutely. So he definitely deserves that title of Holomata Mastery. Um, I think both iterations of Hound that Wizards gave us were not very good. Like, they were okay. They were okay. You just like, turn this one up to like 17, though. Yeah. Just saying yeah, this, all, guys. This one, uh, Sergeant Hound is really good as a common character. Um, so this stratagem reads... Your Sergeant Hound Infantry Recon has plus one health. Um, again, I didn't feel like his his health total was on par with other characters of the same star cost. Um, and particularly when you're paying, was it 10 stars with a stratagem? I think he needed like a little bit of help. Not too much, but just a little bit. Just but this is, this is the cool. And the, for me, again, this goes back to fun and theme for the set. Um, 100%. Before the game begins, you may reveal a hollow matter projector from your deck and put it into your hand. So that is a theme because he is the master of holograms. Hollow matter projector obviously wasn't around when they made um, Sergeant Hound. Um, it was released in Wave 5 and it's become a pivotal card in and out of competitive play. It's a very, very strong card in general. Um, so it's like, well... In Wave 3, they gave, like, Wheeljack and some of the other characters. The Ability uh, Ratchet was another one, wasn't it? You can go and search your deck at the start of the game and you put put their signature card, as it were, like Medic or Brainstorm, into, yeah. the, into the hands. Like, well, why, why can we give Hound that? So that's why he's got the, the Holomata projector in, in your hand at the start of the game. And this, is, this was something that came later, just to make it a little bit more exciting. Uh, and it's when you play a Holomata projector and have Sergeant Hound Infantry Recon on the battlefield... Draw two cards and then scrap a card from your hand. So for me, thematically, that kind of made sense that you're you're buying time with your holograms. 
you're wasting Megatron's time. You're getting a bit more dig dig through the deck. So that's kind of like the thematic reason behind that ability. And obviously we all know that drawing cards is good. So yeah. What what do you think, mate? Okay, so I think the first thing that screams to everyone's mind if they play it competitively or casual is like he starts with a holomatter projector in hand. That doesn't make any sense. Uh but guys, there's ways of getting rid of that with card removal. There's ways of getting rid of it when it comes out on the board. It just feels right that the guy who basically throughout well, we saw it in the first couple of episodes of the cartoon, he makes an airport, he creates a person. He even, like, creates Megatron at one point for some random reason to prove a point to Spike, I think. I don't know. There's just so much randomness going on with Hound. It just seemed right that the man had, you know, he had to have something like that. Because, come on, seriously, like, he is the master. Because he's always, he's always reconning ahead and doing some fun stuff and slowing down the army. It made sense. And the funniest thing about this character, which I absolutely love, obviously he gets plus one health, so he goes to 14 health. Uh, in truck mode, obviously he's five attack one armor but it was the bot mode that made a lot of people kind of play him a little bit is when you upgrade this he gets plus two attack so you can just go on a turn of just flipping him upgrading him getting him up to a silly amount of attack and then going holy cow he hits for that much and i feel like yeah he kind of got lost a little bit uh, it, along the wayside because of his star cost and obviously when it comes to building competitively or just casually nine stars he's he's competing with some really really heavier hitters and he just seemed a little bit lackluster so with this stratagem hopefully it makes you go oh i get to basically play holographic projectors and i get to do a free confidence when i play one that seems pretty cool value to search your deck for something that you want to get and then obviously discard one and stuff like that it just seems right but obviously you know with uh, confidence you get to play an action but it kind of has a similarity doesn't it draw two cards and then scrap a card from your hand it just gives you that card that hand value if you will looking to to plan your turns uh, uh, ahead of time which is pretty much what you really want to do and it's relevant as well the holomatic projector is very relevant for autobots because magnetic dysfunction rays a thing and it was definitely one of the most powerful weapons decepticons got in wave five so it it, it just helps your autobots out a little bit more particularly if your friends like playing lots of decepticons which a lot of my friends seem to like doing so there you go <laughs> there's holomatic mastery um next one sir okay so the next one we also kind of spoiled in our preview video uh that we released which is impervious which is the uh major ultra magnus infantry city commander jeez they do not make these names easy do they springer unrc transform autobot city receptor tell blaster to radio prime for reinforcements what about me, Magnus? What about me? I can help. I want to help. What about me? Blur, you can help me alert the others. His stratagem is one star, guys. It's designed by Dave and Jared again, a.k.a. Rogue247. And it states, if an opponent's uh, card would cause an armor to be scrapped uh, from your um, major Ultra Magnus infantry, gosh darn it, that big name. Instead, you may scrap an armor from your hand. Um, and then in the second paragraph, while your Ultra, uh, well, while Ultra Magnus is upgraded with his armor, he gets plus two health. Uh, Dave kind of covered it in the preview video, so um, I'm going to be a real hilarious cop out and say, pause this podcast or pause this video and go check out our overview video. Cool. Welcome back. Thank you. Um, and it's really cool. I really like it. There's a lot of interesting things because this obviously was hugely debated 
in our team about does it feel right? Is this too powerful? What is the deal? And it comes down to pretty much what we said is one of our uh, main factors of our set. Theme. Ultra Magnus should have his armor. But when you start the game with the armor, your opponent can just get rid of it immediately. And that yeah. always was like a, oh, two stars down the drain immediately. Or eventually one star if you played Heroic Spotlight. But the thing is, we Dave, Dave obviously will go into it a little bit more, but obviously with the ability of having Ghost Shield, it basically is a Ghost Shield for uh, Magnus Armor, which keeps that around and relevant longer. That's incredibly scary. And obviously if you can keep him around for long enough, two additional health, he becomes a beefcake. And say it with me, beefcake! I know you're probably getting peed off with hearing that beefcake so much, <laughs> but you know, we love South Park here, so get over it. Right, guys, uh, Dave even, what is your thoughts behind the controversial uh, stratagem, also known as impervious? Well, you know, for me, when you're paying as much as you were, into Ultra Magnus. It was almost not worth even bothering with his armor. And then it's almost like, well, if you're not going to take his armor, then there are way better characters at 12 stars that I can take. So I'm just not going to play Matt. You know, yeah, he had Brave, and that's pretty good. But like, there was a lot better characters you can take for around that sort of star mark. So I was like, well, yeah, you know. And I, I, I've got, you know, I've, I've, I managed to pick him up relatively cheap. Um, at the end of the game's life sort of thing. And it always annoyed me that, like you say, I, okay, I'm going to go first, I'm going to take your Vulture Magnus, or like whatever. Um, and then on their turn, when they go, bashing shield, and you're like, Ugh. Yeah, some, some, some stupid shield can get rid of this really high-powered armor. Yeah. What? And it always felt to me like that bash, um, sorry, not bashing shield, Ultra Magnus armor wasn't really worth its two stars. Like, it's one of the only battle cards that was two stars, and it really felt like it shouldn't have been two stars. It should have been one stars when there's that kind of proliferation of removal in the game, particularly when they start making even more, like, green pit removal, like disassemble from wave five and reprocess from wave four. It just was no point in playing Magnus with his armor. You'd, like, you'd better off doing something else. So, like, me and Jared again were like, how can we make this better? How can we make it so he is relevant? How can we make it so his armor just doesn't get blown up? And we did try a couple of things, but this is kind of what we settled on was Ghost Shield from Wayfire was a really good bit of kit um, and it had a really cool way of protecting itself from Bashing Shield. So it's just really a, a simple port on there. And the other thing was his health total. Like when you're paying 15 stars, because you are going to be paying 15 stars with this, um, he needs to survive. He needs to be worth it. So we've pushed him up to almost Galaxy Prime health totals. And that's that's it really. I think we covered it in the in the, the preview, didn't we? Um, but that's my thoughts behind it. And and I really enjoyed playing with Vulture Magnus again, and actually enjoyed it. Like okay, I've built my deck in a way where I can protect the armor, and he is a threat, a viable threat for the for the duration of the game, rather than just being like, <laughs> sad Ultra Magnus, no armor for you. So yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Obviously. Um there is a drawback to this, which I think people need to consider. Obviously, you're going to keep trying to scrap that armor. You are spending cards for that. But remember, Pierce is a thing. It is, definitely. It is a thing. Just remember that, It guys. is definitely a thing. Just remember that. So you can still go through that really heavy armor. It just made sense to keep his armor around because otherwise, 
he's not really Magnus. <laughs> Absolutely. Not. And I think that's the main thing. Again, theme. Theme. We wanted to be theme. You know, if he's not in his armor, like I said in the, the, the preview video, the press release, like he may as well just be Minimus Ambus, which is Ultra Magnus when he's not in his armor in the comics, you know, like, and he's like a little guy. And it's like, no, Magnus is hard. <laughs> he needs to be hard. He needs to be hard as nails. So yeah, that's impervious. We hope you like it. Right, number eight. Arguably, this probably is going to cause a little bit of a, oh my God, you've given one card all this text yeah because this was lee's baby and i kind of jumped in about halfway through the design process because this card underwent how countless 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 changes changes. countless changes okay so (sighs) right okay everyone knows i hate english (laughs) i don't know why dave had to give it such an elaborate name to annoy you it is um <laughs> it, it pretty much is so this is a constructor con um stratagem for scrapper uh constructor conformen scrapper report all present are accounted for noble leader scavenger mixmaster long haul bone crusher hook and myself it is called Malevolent Architect. Giving me all these tricky words to say, sir. Now, before we get into it, obviously, this is obviously my baby and also a an, like, controversial thing. It's zero stars, guys. So just remember that. Zero stars. Just get that out of the way immediately. Zero star stratagem. Um, it's, ob- it's a two-sided one. So obviously, this begins with this side face up. If your starting team is all constructor cons, your constructor cons have plus two health. So, remember those uh, constructor cons that literally died immediately? Somehow, we've made a stratagem that keeps them around a little bit longer. And I, I'm i not just blowing my own horn through multiple testings in the teams. This somehow made them playable. Just this one line on the top. We could have just left it at that, to be honest. But we wanted to do more. So in the second paragraph, it says, at the start of your first turn, remove a height counter from your tower. So obviously, it's a zero stratagem, uh, cost stratagem. We, it needs to have a downside because we it, it seemed way too powerful throughout the design process with some of the battle cards as well. To start with one, it seemed way too aggressive and somehow made Devastator way, 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 way more playable and dangerous. So we basically remove the height counter so you're going to be starting at zero so that is the cost of not having a uh, star for the stratagem guys so there is a bit of a downside to it but it's pretty darn good because of the next ability the next ability is when you flip a constructor con to bot mode draw a card now remember this guys because i forgot this because i break rules all the time that needs to be on the live board, not in your KO area. <laughs> yes, alive um, on the battlefield. Alive on the battlefield. And that applies also to the plus two health as well. It only applies to Constructicons on the battlefield. So in your KO zone, they only have their printed health. So when you combine, you combine with their printed health total damage, not the extra damage that you, you would have soaked up from the stratagem. Which is kind of funny because... I've had games where I've been like, okay, he should be dead, but that's going to be literally a fat zero 
onto the combined thing, which is kind of unfortunate, but keeps them round longer, which is very, very key. So first off, before we flip it to the next side, I liked how this came about because the one thing that infuriated everyone is how bad the constructor cons were because obviously they're six wide. That's an incredible like combiner, but to give them five or four health, that's just basically not right. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it just, no, you, ca you can't do that. I'm sorry, but wizards did. And it's just kind of, always been the downside to them a little bit is because the whole gimmick is you need to get to the tower to a certain point but then they had low house so you could just ping them off and especially at the end of the game where everything was indirect damage you could just literally be like but 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 cool i killed three in one turn you're like oh god oh god that's no that what no just why and coming into the design process of this we wanted them to be very you know, themed, but also we wanted them to be playable. And with this side, it kind of does. Yeah, I think that was like the main goal, wasn't it? It's like, we want them to not suck. And they really did. Like, if you look at them compared to the other Wave 2 combiners, like Superion, who combines with one more health than the actual printed values of the guys, Predaking, Menasaur, they were all better. Sentinels were better, because Optimus Maximus was frightening. You know, they were just all better. They all, like, like, Devastator was rubbish, and Devastator was the first combiner. First one we've seen in the cartoon. In the lore, he was the first one um, that was combining, you know, the comics and stuff. Like, he was just crud. 33 health. Yeah, you're going to repair some damage, but because of how quickly they died, your tower's sometimes like three or four. You're like, wow, I repair four damage. Brilliant. Yeah, I'm still dead next turn when you attack me. It was very, it just felt like effort to me whenever I played Devastator because I love Devastator. It's like one of my favorite things. Um, it just didn't it? It just felt you'd be like, oh, what's the point in playing this? I might as well just go. If I want to play a combiner, I'm going to play one of the good ones. So we did. We thought like, how can we fix this? And like, and originally the stratagem was just a zero star stratagem that was like, it was only um, the only ability was the plus two health. But we play tested it and play tested it and like. Where we've come up, because there's a lot of abilities on this free strategy, and I say free, because um, there is a slight downside to the tower thing. We, I must have clocked in at least 60 or 70 games with Devastator to get this stratagem to where we were happy. We've tried it at the top end, so we put it against tournament decks. I'm telling you now, Metroplex still destroys him. I'm telling you now, Sky Shadow still destroys him. Aussie's uh, Orange Black Soundwave still destroys They They still don't have what it takes to be what I'd call a tournament staple list. So, like, you know, if you, there are any turbo revving tournaments, and I know there's at least one coming up because Adam has is, is, um, surprised me this week with a real treat. Like, I don't think Devastate is going to cut the mustard at a competitive level, but what we've done is bring him up to a casually competitive level so he can stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with some of the other combiners, with some of the other popular characters that are out there so that's like the health total but what's for me i was still finding and i don't know if lee you probably agree with this like you to build up the tower you've got to throw cards away and you're literally you're literally top decking every single turn you're just top decking so you've never really got a relevant play be like oh um 
I'll play an action, a play an upgrade, and I'll throw my other card away to the tower. And then next turn, it's like, oh, do I actually want to play a card, or do I want to feed the tower? And it just felt like that whole tower mechanic was counterintuitive to like playing a trading card game where your cards of value, that they're, they're like your currency, as it were, in the game. They're what help you win the games. And if you don't have any cards in your hand, then you you're just gonna lose. So. That's kind of where like the cliff jumper style ability came in. And we tried different iterations. We tried draw and discard a card, but then you were still at the same net card disadvantage. Um, we tried it without a tower penalty and we felt like with this flip ability, the, the tower had star zero. So would you agree with what I've said? I think I've covered everything there. That's, that's why it's ended up yeah, there. Yeah, I would 100% agree with some of the battle cards which we're gonna get into. This had to change multiple times because of the battle cards that we made uh because we knew what battle cards like i think we did the battle cards first and then we were like cool now we need to make a strat that balances out what we want it to do but also what we're putting in the set and it was a very tricky and a challenging uh should we say um process because you we wanted to make them relevant we didn't want to make them like really powerful and everyone should just play him and not look at any other combiner we wanted them to be playable and theme and fun and with the battle cards which we're going to talk about a little bit later very theme and also it get it rewards you for playing their battle cards which is kind of the whole shenanigans yeah and, and rewards you for taking the deck in the direction that the creators of the game intended which was to build the tower up yeah 100 percent. like i've seen i've seen six wide constructicon decks that are just like orange orange black clown far out million you know you're just bold orange death like but that's not you know you can go that route and you can still go that route with this strategy but that's not really what wizard of the coast intended that was you're going to build the tower the constructicons are building their tower and they're going to become more powerful when they combine and it just never really worked i've tried to use them so many times before we came up with this um, and we've been quite careful as well that any Constructicon cards we have made have been designed with the original Devastator team in mind, haven't we? Because other groups may well do Devastator. Yeah. And we didn't want to um, buff cards that we hadn't had any hand in designing or anything like that. We just we were quite conscious that these cards were really for the OG one. You know, a couple of the battle cards can be played with future iterations because they just refer to Constructicons. But this stratagem is for um, Scrapper Constructicon Foreman. So you have to be playing the OG ones. So that's that side. What I love the second side because it's yeah. like brilliant. What, what's so the second side like? You know, Eddie Santos has created a card with this name, but it just felt right to use it. So Eddie... I'm sorry, but the next side is prepare for extermination. Devastated. Prepare for extermination. It's the iconic line. Everyone remembers that as soon as Devastator Cup kind of just goes, uh-oh. And just literally, I'm pretty positive, Dan, if, if we could have seen it, Dan probably peed a little bit as soon as they go like, oh, that's not a good sign. <laughs> and then, obviously, Devastator just f just 
I think I, I just want to say just jackknife power bombs like sludge, like literally just takes him out like amazingly and just, you know, just wipes out the Dinobots. You're kind of like, oh, yeah, we forgot how powerful Devastator can be. But anyway, moving into the stratagem, um, it states on the card, this begins the game with the other side face up. And it states as well, your Devastator, Towering Warrior, gets plus two health and tough equal to his bulk total. So, guys, obviously, you know, when you get into Big Daddy Scary McGee mode, you get bold two when you get to tower six or more. And then, obviously, when you get to ten, your base attack goes to ten. So, the one thing Devastator had going for him was he could take a punch, but little guys would obliterate him really quickly. So, we wanted to make sure he could stick around. So, making him have tough as well as bold just made sense so obviously when you flip him into that mode for the first time you're going to heal obviously then your health goes from 33 to 35 which you know that is quite good just saying is all um but having the tough is quite interesting because dave's already mentioned it you could go bold you could do whatever you could do this if you do go the bold route on the defensive flips, you're going to be doing tough, tough, tough. So you're going to go through your cards quicker to get what you want, possibly, and top draw some shenanigans. But the, the base thing about it is I've been playing him quite controllingly, and it can be horrific for your opponent. Like, with some of the battle cards we have, and obviously mixing other sets and loads of others, it's been really interesting playing him as a controlling, conniving kind of guy, which has been kind of cool because... That's pretty much what the Constructicons were for me. Growing up, like, reading reading the comic books, Scrapper was the smartest one. Like, he had so many cool ideas, you know. And they've always been a bit more scheming than any of the other Combiners, let's be honest. You know, not a lot of the Combiners had alternative goals. And pretty much Devastator did, and so did the Constructicons. So giving him an extra two health and giving him tough equal to his bold just makes him very very scary and relevant so yeah dave your thoughts yeah i think i think you've kind of nailed it really like you can build this team now in a multiple you know different ways the build i've been play testing is a very mixed pip leaning slightly more orange but there is blue in there as well i know you did a control build uh dan Siliag from pips and flips uh, Dan Gallo, he he did a, like a blue black thing, and we've had like orange fart death machines from Matifer. <laughs> so we've had like lots of different versions. Like I say, around about sixty to seventy games at least, and that's that's sixty or seventy games that I have played. Like you know, Dan's built him, Richard built him, Lee's built him, Matifer's built him. There's been probably close to 150 200 games so of many games just making sure we got this right because we didn't want to make him the monster that like well what's the point playing anything else because i might as well just play devastating now because he's ridiculous but equally not just doing some doing a bit of justice you know it should be noted that with the additional health on the other side if you're clever when playing against devastator you can actually do it so he's taken more than 35 damage when he combines and the stratagem flips so before you do your tower repair he can literally just fall to bits so yep. that's a bit of balance as well that's something that's not 
readily apparent because he only has 35 health. So he doesn't get the plus 12 health that the other side gives you. That's just to give you a bit more of a fighting chance to build your tower and to not have them just instantly die. Because um, you want to attack in alt mode because you want to discard cards of the tower. But then you equally you want to be able to flip to bot mode and get the value from the stratagem. So, you know, before you go up in arms, and I, I appreciate this stratagem has an immense amount of text on it for no, no, no cost. Devastator was terrible in comparison to the other combiners. So I think what we've done is just bring him up to a power level where we're happy with him fighting toe-to-toe -to -toe with the other combiners. So that's that's it really, you know. I I love it. It's made me love the character because I hated it. Like when I saw Devastator was in the game, I went. Oh, I think we all did, and we were like, oh, let's go and get Devastator. And he played a few games. Like, why? What is this? Yeah, I think I did an unboxing. Like I'm really excited to play this, and then I played it and was like, oh, this is really about how how you can deck build really really smart more than care about the characters because they just got nuked every turn. Yeah. So it was like. You never had any longevity because we always made the joke and we've always said it on our podcast. It was like, what's the point of playing a combiner when you eventually combine, you can't really have a ton of health and you're basically missing an arm and you've got like a couple of like giant holes in you and they're like one arm's not working, another leg is like blown off. You're just like, yeah, that's not the combiner I remember. No, exactly. And we've made him playable, guys. Like seriously, a lot of us in the group have been like, making sure he's not busted but also he's fun to play and by god he is fun to play yeah. finally it's a much more positive experience and it is you know it is a lot better you will find that your tower is higher so you're repair relevant so i think on average i'm combining at around between 15 and 20 damage depending on who i'm oh no what kind of archetype i'm against but like that's after repair so if you're looking at those numbers there, you're still taking nearly 25 to 30 damage pre-combine. So that health bonus is definitely needed to keep them in the fight long, long enough to get the value out of, of committing to the tower. 100%. Just let us know your thoughts in the comments. You know, what do you think? Are you going to try it? Or like, and I think the beauty of it is, and again, this this is come. I say this a lot, you can pick and choose what fan cards you want to play with. I hope you do choose to play with with Phase One because it really is fun to play with. But you don't have to. But if you don't, if you think, well, that Devastator stratagem is a bit nuts, but, but you like some of the battle cards, just play the battle cards. Like the battle cards enhance him without needing to play the stratagem. I just think the stratagem gives him a fighting chance when your opponents are putting down like Fangry, horrible. Um, you know some of some of the other gnarly stuff that you see out there, and like he may not win every game, but you know he's winning winning his fair share now, like about fifty fifty, I'd say. Yeah, he's definitely a fifty fifty kind of guy, and that's funny to say because normally you'd say he wouldn't really win a lot. <laughs> now he's winning fifty fifty. It's kind of interesting because against some some decks he still gets ruffle stomped, but then it's kind of funny because you're like he should really be dying, but somehow he's won one against a big boy but then he would lose his three because certain cards wouldn't come out or it just wouldn't go your way. But it's like, holy cow, he can, he's playable. Might not be like broken, but he's playable. Which yeah, is I think so. And that was the goal, make him playable. Make, make, make him the Constructor playable. Cons a fun team to play with. The original ones, not necessarily what may or may not come in the, in the future projects. So that's, that's Malevolent Architect and that's 
prepare for extermination. I think it's quite cool actually, just touching on the, on the because yeah, we have chosen the same name as what Eddie did for the reformat set. If you look at the Arc Wave 1, they chose a battle card and called it Resilience. There's a stratagem called Resilience, it's for Brawn. So it's not really an issue because they're not battle cards. You know, it's a different card that sits in a different part of your 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 deck building process. So you can have, if you want to play with Eddie's um, cards, which are awesome, um, you can play his Prepare for Extermination as the battle card with our stratagem, Prepare for Extermination. It's 100%. So. And the funniest thing about it as well, just speaking about Eddie's set, we started without using his... We started actually with using... We started using it with the Enigma of with Combination. With the Enigma of Combination, which is really strong and makes it really, really good. But it makes all combiners very consistent. But then we started playtesting without it, and it still was consistent even without that. So yeah. it was We've playtested it with and without. It was shocking. Haven't we? Like, it's been really interesting going like, wow, this does as good with the power cards that we think are out there at the moment with, and also without them. It's you know smiley faces all around we we were mindful to not make something quite along the lines of say um uh is it high speed chase from atp2 like the menasaur strategy which they designed with competitive play in mind so they made it so you can combine on turn three we didn't want to make a monster like that we just want to make something good and i think we've succeeded there yeah um and like you say you can play with or without cherry the beauty of the, the game or where it is now is you can cherry pick what you want to play um you know, we've been playing alongside the Arkham Bay formers. You may just decide to play alongside Watsy, or you might decide to play along some alongside some ATP stuff. Just play it's it's your game. Play it how you want to. Just make sure everyone that you're playing with, um, like the seagulls outside, um, <laughs> like um, just make sure that people that you're playing with are on the same sort of page as to what what you're doing. You know, so just bear that in mind because. We haven't tested it extensively with reformatted, and I think the Enigma combination can push those combiners into a very, very competitive level. Which is awesome, like for me personally, because not everyone would think combiners can be competitive, but it yeah. definitely pushes oh, I, Absolutely, pushes but you've just got to be mindful of how you approach that in the game. So it's a really, really powerful stratagem. It is really good. We love it. Please play it. Yeah. I think we've waffled on enough about Malevolent Architect. So next up, this is designed by um, Nazumi, uh, one of the f founding members of, of the Turbo Rubbing Old Punks, and this card is a really cool one. And I bet you're glad I'm saying this name because it's Obfuscating Cloud. Why are you picking hard names, guys? Is this on purpose? I guess it is. It was. It was. 100% <laughs> was. So I was like, this is going to drive Lee insane, this name. Oh, so mate, we, I'm just going to say, I'm going to play the Cloud Strat. <laughs> I'm playing smokescreen strat. I don't care what it's called. But yeah, obfuscating cloud for private smokescreen, special ops soldier. Smokescreen, buy us some time. You'll never know what hit it. Another character from wave four that just maybe didn't shine as much. And he was quite, you know, in, in the later series of Transformers, certainly as in the season two, he plays quite a big role. Um, so the stratagem is one stars, and it reads, before the game begins, you may put a smoke thrower from your deck on your private smokescreen special ops soldier. So very theme for me there. That's something I, like when Richard said about this, I'm like, yeah, that's a really, really, really cool idea. So again, in the vein of... Um, the Wave 3 
cards when you would tutor at the start start of the game because that's the, that's the only kind of tutoring we've been allowed in Transformers and Lee was told he wasn't allowed to have any more um, no. was like before the game begins you can do this thing so in in the cartoon he sprays smoke everywhere doesn't he drives around in circles spray smoke and makes it hard for the Decepticons to hit hit the uh, fellow Autobots which leads on to the next part of the stratagem which is while your private smoke screen special ops soldier is upgraded with smoke thrower your other characters have safeguard three so safeguard was one of his abilities from wave four that was very very hit or miss if they didn't have any direct damage it was incredibly strong but let's face it lee there's loads of direct damage isn't there you're you're direct damage master so yeah you know you don't you don't really mind like seriously there's enough stuff out there that makes this let's just be honest stone cold steve austin's it every single day of the week but there is also repair which is a thing and we have had games where it literally has been like okay we just need to get safeguard off the board but then rich has somehow pulled incredible turns of repairing and how he's built the deck and how he's built with characters to then basically go they all got safeguard three again and we're like that's insane and it's been really cool to see that to be honest been really cool to see that equally on the flip side there's been games where on a their turn one they just go right i'm gonna blow up your smoke thrower no more safeguard for you exactly um you know and then you know magray turn one magray all right there you go um no more safeguard for you guys so there is definitely this uh, surface glance is very very good but it's very very easy to shut it down there's plenty of things out there armed hovercraft magray um, marksmanship. There's there's so many cards, so <laughs> many cards. So it's a really cool. Again, it goes back to the the core design. I think for me and you, Lee, theme. Theme and fun. And it was making you play smoke thrower, which you probably never played. Yeah. So yeah, smoke thrower. Seeing a bit of play, and yeah, lovely, lovely bit of design from 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 Rich there. I, I love it. Really, really love it. It is rather cool to have this in this set, just because I think a lot of people love Smokescreen as a character. Um, obviously, with the strat, it takes him to eight. Um, obviously, with the smoke thrower, gives you bold two, and it's a black pip. So, guys, you love the bold, but yeah, there are better ways of doing it. But it doesn't matter. It makes you play. Smoke thrower to begin with, and also you're playing private smoke screen like that will catch exactly. a lot of people off guard, like going, "What?" <laughs> and exactly. smoke thrower, what? They'll just look at you with a tilted head and go like, "Really?" And you'll be like, "Yes, really." Do you want to have some fun? <laughs> it's breathing life into a character again that doesn't see a lot of play. 100%. Because let's face it, there are better cars. Yeah, they are. 100%. Than, than smoke screen, way better cars. I'm I'm a car player. Chad, the car player, a.k.a. Matifer, is also really into his cars, and you're just going to play someone else. Um, so we had to give him something that was worth considering taking. Yeah, 100%. So that's it. That's Obfuscating Cloud. It's one of your cards oh, next. It's one of my cards. So this is strategy number 10 called One Tough Bug. It is for Sergeant Scrapnel Infantry uh, Electronic Warfare. There's something in the water! Uh, it's a stratagem, it's one star, and your sergeant, Scrapnel, 
gains plus two health to begin the game. And if your starting team is all Insecticons, your starting star limit is increased by two. Just let that sink in for a second. Okay. I've let it sink in enough. Who plays Sergeant Scrapnel? No one. There we go. There's more, there's more, there's more crickets. Like, there's been more crickets, obviously because of bugs. See what I'm doing there, Dave? See? See what I'm doing there? Yes. Like it. Right. But no one ever played Sergeant Scrapnel. Like, they just looked at him and just was like, mm, move on. Bind a card. Do not care. Jog on. And it was really, really sad because on paper, his stats look really, really cool. But I think it was just his cost that put a lot of people off. Well, he's what, nine stars? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you look at his Wave 1 incarnation. It's a lot to live up to. Just, 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 exactly. Like, everyone knows that Wave 1 bugs was horrible. Insecticons, whatever you want to call it. Like, Wave 1 Insecticons, the orange death machine, were horrible. They really were horrible. And we haven't designed this card to make that archetype better. Yeah, you can build an orange bugs deck with this. What we want, well, I, th I think what you wanted to do, because um, we originally were looking at making it for wave one scrammer, weren't mm -hmm. we? And they're like, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. Like, he doesn't need it. He doesn't need help. help, but it was pretty good. <laughs> it, it was, was pretty, it was pretty good. good, but we were like, we were like, no. <laughs> we don't want bugs back. Lee Beans, and this is this is where my name tag comes on the on the bottom of the card. I was like, no, we can't have wave one scrammer. You, 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 you're, you're mad. You're, you're a mad, mad man. you are. Um, so we were like, well, what else can we do? Because, um, sorry, not Constructicons, we just talked about them. Insecticons definitely have fallen into obscurity. And there have been some efforts. Obviously, ATP have done their ransack um, for their competitive circuit. Um, so, yeah, like you could do some naughty stuff with combining it all. But, again, make sure your opponent's on the same page as you. Um, this was kind of like, for me, the what where I wanted to sort of jump in and, and take it was... Let's make the siege cycle of bugs a little bit better because they were a bit naff, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, they were all They're about like, healing. They were irritating. And they irritated your opponent because you'd be doing so much damage and then it'd be like, I play this, I heal. I could do this, I heal. I do that, I heal. And you were like, so my attack just did jack to you. That's fantastic. <laughs> but they again, because of the black pip yeah. and the prevalence of PS, blue bugs just weren't, like they weren't, they were like, a, it always felt like a losing strategy. Um, and we've done some deck tech challenges on our Thursday night games where you hilariously have built the undefeated bombshell the deck. Undefeated and bombshell. We, we've, we've already been talking about like sliding this alongside that bombshell because you well, can do some do cool some stuff. Horrible and, stuff with it. <laughs> and, and any any for me any deck that is playing wave two bombshell and wave three scrapnel, that's that's we've done yep. our job. I think <laughs> we we've made it so it's it's. Like you're playing characters you just don't play because otherwise you're just going to go, oh, I'm going to play Insectons. I'll play, I'll play Scrapnel from Wave 1, Kickback, Barrage, and one of the other two guys. I don't care. <laughs> exactly. And this just opens it up to some, some of the more interesting Siege ones, that, which had some really cool mechanics, I think, that didn't have really a chance to shine. So, yeah, that was your baby to start with. and I Yeah, because I really wanted Wave 1 Shrapnel to come back because I was playing, I was on a bit of a bug's tear. I must have been smoking <laughs> something and going like, man, he needs love. He needs love, Lee. He doesn't. Yeah, he needs love, man. He never sees play. You're mad. No, Lee, you're mad. Jog on. Um, but yeah, no, it was really cool to breathe life, hopefully, into a character that people can have a look at because 
Honestly, it is taking you to 10 stars with this guy. But if you think about it, you then have two extra stars for Insecticon cards. And then you can go super interesting with that build. There's lots of there's lots of teams. so many different rules. Yeah. It's so good, and it basically makes you be a little bit more creative with your bugs build, which is kind of funny to say because there's probably going to be a few similar cards that will go in there, but it just changes the lineup a little bit, which is quite tasty. Yeah, it opens up options, and he is brave, so like he is quite relevant, you know, from from protecting. So particularly if you go in the siege bugs, like you you're protecting your kickback, your chop shop. You know, you're protecting the ones that you don't just want to be punted off the ball before you can get going. So he is quite good, which is why why he's got that plus two health as well. I think it was important that he had just a little bit more longevity. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, it's cool. It's good. Yeah, you could probably abuse this with some other fan-made stuff. Yeah, yeah. But yes, abuse definitely is a really strong word, but it can. <laughs> but it wasn't mine or Lee's intent when we not designed this card. Not not one bit. We're like, let's make the siege bugs a little bit more interesting. But it would be fun if that does become an issue. We can gladly hold our hands up and say, yes, we are the ones that started the Insecticon infestation again. We'll gladly put that banner and go like, <laughs> are you playing Insecticons again? Good for you. Are oh, you running our strat? Good for you. And we'll hilariously smile if we do break the game but trust me we've looked at it long and hard that deck if you go a certain route with certain characters trust me it can get fudged over just letting you know. oh it can and to be and we live in an age of digital cards so these can't like you know if someone was to break this and make a really horrible negative play experience um we would look to change once off 100 percent. like you know 100 but we're happy with where it is currently we feel that the design intent was to improve a insecticon archetype that doesn't really see a lot of love because they were slightly overcosted they were slightly lackluster so that was the design intent 100 percent. right next one then dave Almost there. We can see the end of the tunnel in sight for it this is. this first phase. So this one is designed by my good friend Brian Blair, and this is called and this again theme. Out of the way, hot rod for private hot rod infantry soldier. <laughs> Not bad for an old timer. Old timer. That's something you'll never be if you don't get back to the city. Save it, cup. Let's burn rubber. It's a one star strap. Your private hot rod infantry soldier has plus two health. And if your private hot rod infantry soldier would take non-attack damage, instead you may have one of your other characters take that non-attack damage. Love, loved Brian's idea for this. Um, we did throw a couple of other ideas for Wave 4 Hot Rod around. It just feels on point, like... The line from Transformers the movie, out of the way, Hot Rod. I thought you were made of sterner stuff. No, you don't, Megatron! Out of the way, Hot Rod! And it just synergizes so well with his safeguard ability. Again, we're looking at safeguard here. Uh, this one really is, makes Hot Rod a lot more survivable, particularly if you build your deck in the right way. Um... But it's only non-attack damage, so it's not all damage. So, like, if they just swing into him, yeah, you're going to get safeguard for one attack. And then if you don't manage to somehow get back to, to full health, you're going to get pounded on the next. So you've got to be careful with Hot Rod still. Um, but it just gives him, again, a little bit more of a fighting chance to be relevant. Um, 
for your team because he's what nine starters take him to ten yep it will take him to ten in fact this this goes back to our deck tech challenge you gave me this guy i did I love I love Hot Rod. Um, I just think he just wasn't allowed to shine um, when Wizards of the Coast made him. Because, again, Safeguard was one of those abilities, very easy to play around and just d disable immediately. So having Hot Rod being able to dodge that incoming fire as he's brim brimming in, you know. Yeah, you know. What do you think, man? Well, I think Brian's on a fantastic I absolutely here. love this card. This is super cool. Um... Obviously, it takes him to 10 stars, which we discussed. It gives him, it takes him from 12 to 14 health, which is very, very good. But the ability, obviously, one thing we've always said, safeguard just kind of seems meh or dumb. You're dumb. You're dumb. You know, it's just not that great. Uh, this basically allows you to just go, yeah, okay, cool. I'm, I've still got a hot rod left on the board. Cool. You're going to try and ping me with other damage. Not going to happen. Um, it's just really theme. And the worst thing about it is, which is really sad, is Wizards of the Coast had some really sick artwork for this hot rod. And this is the card we unfortunately got. But Brian's give it a little bit of justice. I definitely want to play this. Hopefully this will make a lot of other people go back in the binder and go... I want to try this crazy hot rod out because it seems really fun and just insane because that'll be really, really cool to do. Yeah, it just makes him playable. Yeah. Again, it makes him playable. Gives him a bit more of a fighting chance. You know, at 10 stars, 14 health is kind of on par with Trusted Lieutenant from, from Wave 2. It's a, a fairer health pool for someone. Um, and he's, he's harder to kill. He is better. He's definitely better with the stratagem. Um, I've enjoyed playing with it. You know, I did, I did some of the early playtesting without the way Hot Rod, and I loved it a lot. I, you know, brought one of my favourite childhood characters back. You know, I'm like, yeah, I love Hot Rod. So, yeah, it's fun. And speaking of fun, the next stratagem is fun, fun, m madly fun. I absolutely love this stratagem. Well, it's one of your favourite is... squads, isn't it? You love it this is, team. It is, This is freaking insane this squad is right so we're talking about road warriors this is an omnibot stratagem guys can you remember them i know i've put the cricket sound in but i think a lot of people do remember them uh, obviously this was a very very uh de dedicated pack that you could get at san diego comic con uh, you got three of them working together as a group and they have loads of crazy cool abilities this stratagem oh my gosh super fun so anyway for one star guys uh, if your starting team is all Omnibots, your starting uh, star limit is increased by one. So I believe this allows you to play this strategy. It does. It does. It, 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 it was designed by Ozzy, wasn't it? So Peter it Lawson and his son, Brendan Ozzy. Um, so so Ozzy is Peter. Uh, they, they designed this. So this is Ozzy's contribution to phase one. And I'll let you carry on, sir. It's all good. It's all good, sir. So the stratagem technically is kind of like a free strat if you're running all the Omnibots. Then uh, the next paragraph, it says each of your Omnibots gets plus one attack, plus one health. They needed that, guys. Just giving you a heads up. And then the final one is when you upgrade one of your Omnibot cars, draw a card, then scrap a card from your hand. You know the whole deal. When you draw a card on your first turn or whatever, you get to play upgrades from your hand. 
to basically upgrade your Omnibots immediately in bot mode. And there's specific ones, that obviously, that title to you can play this on this, this on this, and this on that. And then, obviously, if you do, guess what? You get to draw a card and scrap a card from your hand. So, card advantage, quite interesting how that will go. Um, if you build a deck really interesting, that can be really cool. So, again, it kind of rewards you for, unfortunately, playing cards. So, you're looking for those turbo boosters and start your engine cards, guys. Just saying is all. Um, but also, it allows you to play Omnibots. Yeah. Yeah. Mad. And it just seemed right to include this because we're all about fun and we're all about theme here. And I absolutely love this. So, Brendan, Peter, thank you for knocking this out the park and uh, joining our Turbo Revving old. And I'm going to say Young Punks as well. Because I don't think... Uh, we have a couple of Young Punks We've got a couple in the of crew. Young Punks, but the, mainly the, old uns. <laughs> most of us are grumpy old gits like me. Um, but no... Bravners, mate, we are. Bravners, we're grumpy old Bravners, isn't it? Um, <laughs> God. God. What have we started? <laughs> so, yeah, again, at first glance, this does an awful lot for if you're playing all Omnibots for nothing. But let's look at their stat line, right? They're eight and nine stars, and they have particularly poor attacks, health, and defense for their star costs. Um, their ability was only relevant in alt mode at the start of the game. And if you had a duff hand, they were just terrible. They just were not very good. Um, and yeah, I think Aussie kind of nailed it when we when we were talking about this because Aussie's submitted quite a few cards that him and, and his son have designed independently of being part of the punks. But Aussie approached me about six to eight weeks ago and was like, "Dude, I watched your your um, podcast with Lee. I'd love to be." involved in this i've already designed some cards and he sent me the cards i was like dude i love some of these i'd love to have th these cards in the set and like the ones that uh, i'm not sure about i'm sure we can work together as a collective and bring out some stuff so expect to see a lot more there's in spice. phase two there's onwards some there's some amazing there. there's some amazing really cool amazing cool. battle cards stratagems even characters that ozzy and, and brendan have designed so we're going to be looking at them moving forward so Oz expect ozzy and, and and brendan uh, to have way more of an impact uh, in phase two onwards. Um, we've argued a lot about this stratagem. I, I won't lie. <laughs> Me and Ozzy had a lot of discussions because the version that was originally submitted was oh, slightly... slightly it, it, was in, it made them very competitive, I would be nicely to say. It was like looking at it like, wow, cars, cars are an issue if they get going and playing. But then the funniest thing is, it would make them really, really competitive, but then I would laugh and go like, you're playing Omnibots. What the heck? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. For, for, for me, it was like, I, d I want to push them in the right direction. And one thing that Ozzy said was like, look at what you get on a five-star car like Night Racer. And arguably, Night Racer's well above the curve, and she was part of the power creep that Wizards were giving us towards the end of the game. But he's right. At five stars, Night Racer has the same attack, the same health, better armor, because she had two armor, mm -hmm. and she had an ability that interacted very, very nicely with um, secret actions, which I like. So he was right. Like, they were, when you stack them up to that. So they just got a little bit of a nudge. 
Of note, you can still play this when you're not running the whole team. It will just cost you a star. So if you want to play camshaft or downshift yeah. or overdrive, um, it will cost you a star. So it's not free. It's only free if you're playing the entire team. Um, it just pushes them in the right direction. I think the one that had the most tweaks was when you upgrade one of your Omnibot cards, draw a card, then scrap a card from your hand. Tried multiple iterations of this. Yeah. And I've played... Um, this is one of the later additions to Phase 1. Um, I have played more games with Omnibots in the last three weeks <laughs> than I think I've ever played with Omnibots uh. prior to that. And we've got it to a point where it's good. Yes, you can have some crazy explosive opening turns where the looting... So the draw and discard digs you into exactly what you need. I can count now. That's happened two, maybe three times in approximately 30-ish games. Yeah. So it makes them better, but you've got to be incredibly lucky to hit that. And Ozzy's been testing this. Dan's been testing this. And I know you're going to be... Um, I'm all over this now. You're going to be all over this as well. <laughs> I'm all over this. I love not, this. Not, Unfortunately, we haven't had much chance, me and you, to play. In fact, we've been playing Marvel Champions more than we've been playing Transformers in the last couple of weeks. Cause, just because I think I was so, you know, going back to our last episode where I was like, like talking about burnout, I think we're just burnt out on, on doing this. So we've been playing Champions, but I know you're going to put this on the battlefield against me. Because yeah. for, for those of us that have the Omnibots, yeah, they weren't, they weren't as expensive as, say, uh, Cliff Jumper and Slipstream. Like, money, as in, like a monetary no. value. But they were still like, you know, 40, 50 notes. Yeah, but um, that's you're getting instead of one card, you're getting three. So I thought there was more value in that. Me personally saying that, but I think I think the name of the stratagem brings note to obviously Brendan and Peter and their motherland and possibly one of the ma- favorite like trilogy of films in Mad Max: Road Warrior. Yeah, like it just makes sense. Like there's a subtle nod. If you didn't get that, then you're not old enough to understand Mad Max, <laughs> and I apologize. <laughs> But yeah, that was a sick. I love that addition to the card as well. Like, it just makes me want to play like Mad Max now whenever I play like uh, Omnibus. I'll be like, one second, I just need to play that one thing from Fury Road before I start. Yeah. Cool, now I'm ready to go. That's <laughs> it. But no, it's a really cool strategy. I mean, again, it gives gives you a reason to play those characters that you probably haven't really played with as much because, let's face it, Cliff Jumper's better, Trusted Lieutenant's better. There's so many better cards. There's so better cards. And then when you look at some of the other fansets, like the Ark, you've got, you know, Matifer's, um Sunstreaker and Sideswipe. You've got his Bumblebee. You've got ATP of Made Drift. You've got Bayformers have got some cards in, like Savage Wheelie and some of the other stuff. It's like, there's just Exhaust. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. We, we don't talk about him because he's... We don't talk about him because he it makes me just dumb. pull my hair out. He is dumb. He is dumb. You're dumb. You're dumb. In, in a good and bad way, guys. In a good not, and bad way. We're not way. hating you guys over there. In a good and bad way. But oh my God, he's insane. Definitely one of my favorite cards from there. But then again, I'm a cards player. And there you go. But yeah, give give your Omnibots for those of you that have got him a spin. Because he's yes. awesome. What's next? What's next? It's uh, your pick, sir. And it it's, is. Uh, it's our boy, Rich. I love this card as well, actually. I love this strat. Again, it's another card that's pushing characters that just don't see any play because the other iteration of this character that Wizards gave us was so much better than than this one. So this card is called Silent Hunter. It was previewed on our press release video, and this is for Specialist Flame or Special Ops Hunter. 
Uh, so Rich gave you a bit of a spiel about it, but the, the card is is doing two things again that I really like, and that's giving two lackluster cards maybe an excuse to play. So this is before the game begins. You may put a Cybertonian bow. What does that do, Lee? Who knows what, what that does? Because it was rubbish. Uh, put a Cybertonian bow from your deck on your Specialist Flame War Special Ops Hunter. And then when your Specialist Flame War Special Ops Hunter is upgraded with Cybertonian bow and attacks, do two damage to the defender after the battle. So, first of all, what does Cybertonian bow do? Because it, it was crud. It was it rubbish. Was, it was a bit of a weird one. So Cybertonian bow is a blue card from wave one. It's a weapon, it gives you plus one attack, and it states when you up, when the upgraded character attacks and you flip an equal number of orange and blue pips, each of those blue pips add towards your total attack. Yeah. Let that sink in for a second. It was so hit and miss. It was hit and miss. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would I play this when I can play Energon Axe? Yeah, there we go. Uh, well, I think that was to everyone's question in Wave 1. Like, why don't I just play... Energonics or even grenade launcher like what the heck is this bow i absolutely love this stratagem i i've i had the blessings of playing this a little bit late towards testing and i can tell you now the fact of when you pull uh, if you play a mixed pip deck with her and you can pull off that cybertronian bow shenanigans that's awesome and then you leave your opponent on one or two health and then polish them off is so satisfying. It's good. And she's got focus too as well in bot mode. She's got focus too. So it kind of really synergizes with the bow. Um, you're not going to like win any awards with 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 Specialist Flame on Cybertonian Bow, but you're going to have fun doing it. We tried different... Da we, we did try just doing one damage and it just didn't feel relevant enough because she's quite weak. She's what, seven stars... And she's not not particularly high power. Like she's got stealth, but you know, like um, she just never really shone. And her five star iteration is so much better. So so much it's better. It's so so much better. But I can tell you now, with the games I've played, playing this stratagem and playing her and going all fembots, guys. So going again, hilariously themed. I have had so much fun, basically doing swap missions, retapping her, attacking, getting the same amount of flips correct because you can focus to make sure you get the same amount correct and getting that ping and doing more shenanigans. Mate, I love it. The card is straight up shenanigans. Our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Yeah, I mean, his shenanigans are cruel and tragic. Which makes them not shenanigans at all, really. Again, it's, it's reliant on her having it, though. So if your opponent just blows it up straight away and removes that toy from her... Unless you draw another one. Yeah, that's, like, that's the thing. It does, it, the stratagem, it, it, there's the balance to it there. The stratagem does nothing if she doesn't have the bow. 100%. And that's the one thing I think we've got, if some people need to remember is when, when they look at some cards, they're like, oh my God, this is crazy. And you're like, no, 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 no. Think, this can easily be stopped. Like, I think that was the one thing with Silent Hunter and even the smokescreen one of Rich's designs as well. We were like, oh my God, this is insane. Oh, wait a minute. If I sort out this... Because they're very similar in design and giving love to older cards as well that never saw play. It's There's ways around it, but then if it comes back out again, you're like, oh, not again. And it's really cool to see that. I, I think it's fun. And it's, again, the artwork. Look at the picture. She's holding a Cybertonian bow. It made sense. 
It just made sense for, from the theme aspect of our set. So, uh, yeah, kudos, man. Rich, you designed a really, uh, a really, really cool, fun card so for fun. the set. I absolutely love it. It's super fun. Oh, you, you previewed this one on the pre press release, so... Let's, let's, let's talk again and repeat myself. It's fine. So, this is Stratagem 14, coming towards the end. Obviously, one more to go after this, guys. Well, obviously, the... The Nightbird one is, is its own separate beast within itself. But anyway, this is Soundwave Superior for Soundwave Communications. Soundwave Superior, Constructor Gods Inferior. It's a one-star stratagem for Soundwave from the box, uh, starter box that you could get with Blaster. And it states, when you play a secret action, do one damage to an enemy. Now, I'm going to let Dave talk a little bit about this, but there were so many iterations of this. But I could gladly say I was like, do the secret do the secret action thing because you love secret actions, and it just seemed right. Because it just this was the should we say the ugly duckling or the odd one out, wasn't it, for a very long time? It, it we struggled to get this to a point where we were happy. Um, so I I've designed this iteration of it. There was another version designed by my good friend Michael Santino over, over in the States, um, who has got that iteration as a special secret promo for himself. Um, because unfortunately, through the playtesting procedure, it was a bit bonkers. And we tried another iteration of it with working with Inner Groove, um, another less seen card, and that too just didn't feel right. And we had to cut, it almost went back to the, the drawing board and I was like, I, I very nearly cut the card. Because I was like, I'm not happy with it. I'm just not happy. How, like, how many weeks? We were bouncing back and forwards, the whole group. And I was just like, I just don't like it. I don't like it. And then I was like, what, what does Soundwave do in the Decepticons? He's like their, one of their spy masters. He's their espionage. He sends Laserbeak out. He listens to all the Autobot communications. He's on the Arwa for special ops mission. What can we do? I was like, I've got it. When you play a secret action, do a point of damage. I love secret actions. Lee hates them. Yep. Claire hates them. Richard yep. hates them. Yep. Everyone that plays me hates my secret hates, action. Well, hate, we don't hate Dave. We just hate secret actions. We don't hate Dave. We love Dave, but we hate secret it actions. Remind, it remind, <laughs> reminds me of playing blue in Magic. I used to play a lot of blue control in Magic. I was one of the... Yes, I was one of those guys. That Summer of Jace the Mind Sculpt that we talked about last episode. I was one of, the Jace, I was I one of was those one horrible of people. <laughs> because I had to be, because there was no other way... <laughs> You could, you, it was horrible. It was horrible. Um, but yeah, for me, the secret action is a really interesting part of the Transformers card game. It adds something you can do in your opponent's turn, which in the two ways prior to Wave 3, you didn't really interact in your opponent's turn. Apart from unless, unless you had a triggered ability that triggered at a certain point. Like, you didn't do very much in your opponent's turn. So for me, secret actions were adding a little extra layer of depth to an already interesting game. And I just, it just feels right. He's their spy master. He's their espionage guy. Yeah. I, I feel like, I think, like I said in the preview video and our like press release thing, he didn't need a stratagem. He's very, very, he can be very consistent. This is a different way of playing him, but it feels way more sound wave when you play it with this. Yeah. It feels way more sound wave. And it can be hilarious when you play secret actions because obviously we all know there's some powerful secret actions in there. And it also brings the whole secret actions back to the forefront of going through your binder and looking at some of them because some of them definitely got forgotten about 
And some of them can be really, really interesting with uh, this sound wave, trust me. It's, it's it, again, like you say, it's a deck building option. It's giving you an option to take them in a different route. So you, you could play, like Ozzy and me have played a lot of games against his, his Orange Black Soundwave deck, which he's been doing very well. Like, you know, he's been playing in some of the tournaments online and he's consistently winning games with that deck. And it's a really horrible deck, but it's a completely different base to the deck that you build with Soundwave Superior. Completely different. 100%. So, you know, I, I really like the card, obviously. Um, it, it just ticked a lot of boxes for me and it it's just really interesting to play. Try, try it out. You, might, you never know what's the worst going to happen. You might like it. You might like it. <laughs> you might like it. I, I love it. We're on to the last one, sir. Last stratagem. We're here. And it is, it is almost a polar opposite of stratagem number two from the set. And it's also looking... It's like his evil twin on the Decepticon side. And it's for Acid Storm, the Toxic Terror. And it's called Sulfuric Deluge. Um, it's a one-star... Your Acid Storm, Toxic Terror, has plus two attack and plus one defense. And while your Acid Storm, Toxic Terror, is in alt mode, he has Pierce 2. So, very, very similar. It's like the mirror of the Warpath one. Um, Acid Storm didn't need any more health, did he? No. But his attack was terrible. It was poop. It was rubbish. And his armor was rubbish. Yep. Zero, in fact. None. There was nothing there. So... Plus one defense, and defense is less relevant in the game where it is now, like with the Black Pip and stuff, but just an extra point of defense. You can maybe buy him a turn or two more just to disrupt your opponent, particularly in bot mode. His ability is very, very good against Orange Bold because it just shuts off Bold completely. It just says, no, no, no. But the attack gave him a bit more of a hitting power that you would expect a fighter plane to have. He's not, he's not flying a Cessna. He's in a bloody... A fifteen. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's it's better. And like, I, I, for me, what I quite liked when designing the two, because these were designed both on the same day, actually. Um, so, Warpath prevents the Pierce coming in when he's in alt mode, whereas Acid Storm is dropping acidic sulfuric bombs onto the opponent, melting their armor, which is why he got the Pierce too. So that's it's very simple, but I think it gives him a bit more playability. I, I like this. It's, I think you pretty much covered it, Dave. Um, opposite to Warpath, obviously. Um, but both of these suffered. Like, I feel Acid Storm and Warpath were pretty much... They suffered in this set because they had a really cool, strong ability. But one suffered more because obviously less health. And the other one basically had no armor. <laughs> so, like, there was pretty, like, a big downside to it. But, hey, maybe you guys play this. It takes him up to seven stars. Um, and have a really interesting, fun, um, should we say, um, planes build, because we've got some cards in our battle set, which really helps out planes. And also there's stuff already out there that basically can make planes really interesting. And Acid Storm definitely has a place. I think sometimes he just gets forgotten about because there's planes that are sometimes better value for, for him than either six or seven, if you take this stratagem. But um, I definitely want to try some shenanigans out with some other planes from other sets with him. It could be a really interesting cyborg option as well. Like yeah, a seven-star cyborg, cyborg option. So you can have the stratagem in your board and um, Acid Storm. Like, 
not a lot of kitchen table players play with sideboards, but it's something I've started to do a little bit more because it really does improve um, matchups and it makes them a little bit less um, a, a, of a given. That's the outcome because sometimes you have a really terrible matchup and you're like, oh, if only I could sideboard some cards here, but I don't play with sideboards because we're only playing like like for fun. But no, build some sideboards because quite often we do like in our casual games, we just do a best of three. Because you get a bit more of a run for your money, don't you, when you're playing with over three games rather than just, like, our one game and done. So, yeah, I, I like it. I think that both both the, the Wave 2 characters we, we went back and gave a bit of help to definitely needed it. And I think it does make them, you know, they're never going to be top-end, but definitely fulfil a role and get a bit more value out of them. 100%. So, they're the stratagem guys, all 15 of them. Uh, what are your favourites? Comment below if you're on YouTube. Tell us your thoughts. Uh, if you watch this through Facebook, uh, leave comments uh, on the Facebook threads where we uh, post these because I'm always intrigued to see what people's thoughts are. Um, we're all a little bit biased to what our favourites are, but there are some spicy ones in here, some ones where people are definitely like, I need to rethink of my uh, thoughts on that character. Bringing some characters back to the board. Um, and then giving some love to some characters to even them out, possibly for an, e uh, an even playing field, should we say. Uh, so, yeah, I think we've done a, a standout job. Thank you, everyone, for testing these for us and contributing them as well, because there's a fair few people who were like, I've got this cool idea, and then they were willing to change uh, their thoughts. I know I was quite stubborn with one, um, but hey, uh, I eventually changed my mind for the greater good, should we... Uh should we, uh, should we say? But yeah, it's awesome to work with all these great people who've got their names on these cards. Uh, and I think Dave would say the same as well. Completely agree. Like, without the help of the guys that have not only designed, but also play-tested, and there's a lot of you, and I said thank you in the press release, um, you all know who you are. Like, we could not have done this without you. It's, it, I'm humbled by the the love and help that's been given to to um to, to me and lee and and the other guys you know matt and, and rich like we we're humble because we started this off as a let's play some games once a week yeah <laughs> and it kind of has become something more it's a beast um it's become something more yeah it's a beast and I, i'm very proud of it so that's that's the first segment done we are done with the strategy we are done with the stratagems Okay, guys, we are back, and it's time for the battle cards. We have 20. I don't think we're going to take too long on some of them because they're quite self-explanatory. Um, we love these cards to death. Um, there's been some in-house tweaking, in-house fights, all in banter, just saying. All, no one literally threw down and punched anyone. Um, a lot of things have changed with some of these cards, so we'll just get that off the bat because... I've seen the time of this podcast. It's pretty, pretty, pretty lengthy. But all of these cards, we're, we're extremely happy where they finished out. We mentioned at the beginning, there's some that didn't make the cut that hopefully will make phase two. I know Dave and me have a few where we're like, that needs to make phase two and we need to just play it into the ground because, yeah, there's one that we love that didn't make the cut. I know Dave and me can't say the name, but we know which one but it just needs a lot more playtesting. It need, needed more work, definitely. It needed more work for sure. So, Sir Dave, we have 20. I'll let you kick things off, because I went first on the stratagems. 
So you kick off with the battle cards. We'll go through 20. Then we'll talk about some cool announcements, and then we'll wrap it up in a nice tiny bow. How are you feeling? Yeah, that good? I'm I'm good. Yeah, let, let's let's blast through these because okay. I think the stratagems always end up you end up talking a little bit more about them. 100. percent um, So battle cards. First one, battle card one. This is a common card um, for those that play Junkion, so you can play this in Junkion format. And this is Agile Formation. It is a action. It is a tri-pip card. I think it's the only triple pip card in the set, but it's a triple pip card with a difference. It is a black specialist pip, a blue ranged pip, and a green melee pip. Um, so inspired by Wedge Formation and then later on Assault Formation from the Art Wave 1. We wanted to put in uh, a formation as well. So this is my take on it. Um, it reads, if you have a melee character on the battlefield, look at the top card of your deck, you may scrap it. If you have a ranged character on the battlefield, do one damage to an enemy. And if you have a specialist on the battlefield, draw a card, then scrap a card from your hand. Um, I want, for me, when I'm designing, I just wanted something that was a nod to the original formations, but not be just another automatic include three pip card because it's good for the pips um you've got to really think about this yes it still triggers overwhelming advantage and cards like that grapple art wind blade um they all still get the value out of this being three colors but when you're actually flipping it for battle it is definitely less effective because it's a single pip card and it might not be the pip you actually want so if you're a tank character which character with this it's a blue on attack. That's you know, you know that's not brilliant. So yeah, they're all on. I think the abilities, and I think Lee would agree here. They're all on par with what Wizards and the Art gave us. So they're good abilities, but they're nothing backbreaking. Yeah, hundred percent. I feel like um, obviously when when you put that lovely pip icon in uh, the pip color, it really restricts the the characters a little bit, but also like Dave mentioned, it can get a bit crazy sometimes if you are trying to do overwhelming advantage. But if you think about it, guys, you're running Grapple and you're running like Arc Windbide and some of the other crazy people to try and get this flip. And then you're going, oh, well, if I am going to go all in on overwhelming advantage, sometimes these cards are just there for the pip colors, but they might not actually help me at all unless I play overwhelming advantage. So, yeah. There is a downside to it. Well, I think what I wanted was a real build-around card, so a reason to play all three of the traits printed on the card. Because quite often, you play Wedge Formation in a deck just because, like, oh, I'm playing melee, guys. It's an orange-black. Um, I'm just going to play it because I can repair a damage every occasionally. But you generally don't play it with high priority, um, and you might not play around the other two abilities on the card. So for me, this was like, let's get a build-around formation. So it really rewards you for having those three traits on the board. 100%. Right, moving on to the next card. We have yes. Armor-Piercing Munitions. Love the artwork of uh, Brawn. Absolutely love it. Or Brawl, even, sorry, from the Combaticons. It's a blue pip card, guys. Uh, it's an action, and it states, choose one of your characters. When it attacks this turn in tank mode, it gets plus two attack until the end of battle, and you scrap all the defending characters' armor. Yes. Making tanks actually relevant. Because if you think about it, if a tank shoots at you, it's going to hurt. 
<laughs> and sometimes in uh, Transformers, obviously, you can be like, well, I've got, like, all the defense in the world that only did one damage. Sure, it might only do, like, a little bit of damage, or it might even do no damage, but just that last little bit there, guys, and you scrap all the defending characters' armor. So, extra paddings. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, all the other things of armors. Goodbye. I think for me, this 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 card was inspired by hand-to-hand -hand combat from Wave Five, yes. which has never really shone. Really, it's it, there's there's better options that you can play in your deck, but for tanks, and like you say, tank shoot is going to hurt. So, one of the fan cards I play a lot is from Art Wave One, and that's Trithelium Plating, and that is a beast of a card. It is. It, if you haven't played with the Art Wave one, I'd urge you to look at it because particularly if you like playing like a control archetype like me, try placing made those viable again. But it could also be a little bit negative if your opponent couldn't get rid of them. Because if you get a triple triplating stats on a character, it's got plus three defense and minus six to the pierce. That's scary. So we want we wanted an answer, didn't we? Yeah. In the nicest way possible, we wanted to give an answer to that. But not make it so it was a general blanket hate card. It can only really shine in tank decks. Yeah. So there you go. Armor piercing munitions. One of my faves. And um yeah, I love it. Yep. It's great. Very good card. Card three. I love this card. Yeah, this is a great card. This was a com one of the comics covers and I was like that's such a pretty piece of art and I wouldn't normally attribute that to Transformers like a, a really graceful image but this card is called Camion Grace it is a orange pip Autobot utility and it reads when you put this on a character draw a card while this is on Chromia Nautica Nova Star or Windblade she has focus one so it's real for me. It was originally just going to be Windblade, and really as a nod to what Nick did from Blues on Attack in Art Wave One, which was their Windblade is by far my favourite iteration of her. Um, she's the Windblade I, I wanted because she's a really cool character. She's the city speaker. She's supposed to be hard. She's very good at fighting, and the Wizards ones were a bit crap. <laughs> in the nicest way possible, yeah. They were, they were, <laughs> they were though. They were rubbish. Yeah. The starter deck one's terrible. Like it's not even worth paying five stars for it. And the combiner hunter, too niche, yeah, too you, too narrow. You get it, you get it to complete a collection. <laughs> yes, which is what what um why I have one. So yeah, like later in the design process, Ozzy had a really really cool idea about adding the other Caymans that we had, Chromia. Nautica and Novastar to the stratagem and like I was, I was kind of I don't know I don't know I don't know but then Ozzy bashed the the card up on MSC very quickly it's like look it doesn't look horrible because I was very very mindful as, like as much as Adam's gonna get Here sick we go. of Adam's about, gonna hate us we know it's coming it's like some of the Bayforms cards are very very wordy because if you have this 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 or this and I was very mindful that I didn't want a card with a wall of text but when it's actually, but like, yeah, it's, it's quite text heavy on the card, particularly with the, the reminder text. But it, it, it did feel right to give it to them. Yeah. So there's Kami and Grace. It draws a card and it gives you focus one. It's just a good ability. Now, there's going to be some questions asked as to why it wasn't blue. 
Yes. And there's a reason for that because it was originally blue. <laughs> Here we and go. There's a reason why it didn't turn into a white pip because we discussed this a lot. And in the end, I was like, it's just going to be orange because Arc Windblade can't have more easy access. That was it, simple. It, it was, you, you exactly. <laughs> you can't, if Arc flip, Windblade flips more cards, she is more likely to trigger. If she has blue pips, she's more likely to defend and take less damage. She, on average, takes us about six attacks to kill. Mm. So bear that in mind. That's why it's an orange pip. Um, what do you think, mate? Because I, I love the card. I just love it. For me, this isn't this isn't a, like, yeah, you could play a different utility. You could play a cute reflex. You could play different things. But for me, this was theme, first and foremost, and the artwork is sublime. Yeah, uh, I have to agree with everything you say, Dave. It's super theme. I think the funniest thing about this is when people are considering about adding our sets to tournaments or anything like that, um, if other sets are going to make Chromias, Nauticas, Nova Stars, or even more Windblades, this can be really interesting. Just ab having the ability to draw a card and focus one, I think it's pretty strong, just saying. And yeah, um, it's Windblade, man. What can I say? Metroplex is honey. What can I say? Yeah, exactly. Gonna, that's all I've got to say. <laughs> so that's Kami and Grace, uh, you know, one of my personal faves um, in the set. So, yeah. Next up, Lee, what have we got? Right, so the next card we have is Combat Drop. It is a secret action. It's a black pip. Um, and it states, reveal when one of your plane, helicopters, or spaceship characters defends. When revealed, flip that character to bot mode. It gets plus one attack until the end of battle. Plus one defense. Yeah. Now, this is a really cool card. It was created by Sean Samuels, one of the guys in our um, old punks uh, team. Uh, I love this card just because it works so well with so many planes, helicopters, and spaceships because you flip to bot mode and most of the time you get to do triggers and other fun shenanigans, which is pretty cool. Um, the first ones that scream off my head, you now have Scary Astro Train. Just saying, is all, guys. If you think about that with our stratagem, that's kind of scary. Um, it's just really cool. I really, really like it. And again, artwork. Look at that, man. You don't want those two women swinging giant swords <laughs> at you, man. That's terrifying. Dave, your thoughts? Yeah, like, again, it's giving a bit of support to some of the... Um, tribes that maybe needed a bit more help. Um, yeah, there's some really powerful spaceships out there. Let's face it, Major Shockwave is pretty darn good. Um, Jetfire, Wave 1 Jetfire loves this. Arc Windblade likes this. You know, she's on the card for, you know, she's she likes this card because she can flip back and get the, the top five cards and look at um, them and get uh, action and upgrade into your hand. And they're like, great, she's exposed. I'm going to attack her. And you're like, oh, combat drop. So it's really good. And again, that's going back to Kami Grace, which is just talking about we were very mindful to not push Artwin Blade too far in one direction. Um, uh, and the plus one defense, it's, it's good, but again... The black pip, the dreaded black pip, can just just make that part of it relevant. So it's more like that extra flip. Um, and thanks, Sean, for designing. Sean's one of my local players, uh, one of my my good friends at board games and stuff. Um, Sean's one of the the Plymouth crowd. So thank you, man, for for uh, designing a card for the set. Yep, super cool, super cool card. Okay, uh, Dave, number five. This is a 
another cool card. Another, again, a lot of this art was just drawn from the comics as I was reading through them like that would make it a really beautiful card. And this is a really nice piece of artwork. And this is called Contemplation. And it's an Autobot action. It's a white pip and it reads, scrap up to three cards from your hand. Draw a card for each card scrapped this way. And if you began the game with only Autobots, plan one. And it's an uncommon. Again, we were quite mindful that we didn't put too many monsters into Junkion. So a lot, there's not that many commons in the set, but this, this one's an uncommon. Um, you know, kind of inspired. There's a lot of similar-ish white card draw cards. You've got System Reboot. You've got Fog of War. You've got Equipment Enthusiast. Equipment Enthusiast. And one of the other ones, one of the more budget ones, was um, Backup Plan from Wave 1, which had a really horrific cost of like scrapping your entire hand. So if you actually had cards in your hand, you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. Um, so Contemplation is designed to be like a like a filter thing. Um, so I've got some does. I've got an improvised shield in my hand. I've got um, you know some cards that aren't relevant now. I can filter those away and just draw into some more cards. And you can control how much you scrap from your hand rather than being forced to scrap all of it. So that was kind of the thing. And to make it feel Autobot because it's Optimus Prime, it gained it gained the plan cause as well. So if you if you draw, say for example you're playing Orange and you draw into that double orange card you're like well i don't actually want this in my hand i'm now going to put it back on top of my deck yeah i i love contemplation not just because of the awesome ability it has for autobots it's such a theme card for autobots because just the card title in itself it describes the the whole process of the autobots especially with some of the decisions prime has to make in the comics in the tv show no matter what or any of the other characters whether you think of it as springer and dare I say, some of the wreckers with some of their choices. You know, it just feels right. Like, it's just super theme on point. And, and the artwork sells the card, just like Prime. I just I just wish maybe maybe someone can meme this card and just put a skull in it and just be like a scene from Hamlet with Optimus <laughs> Prime. That's all I'm saying. It does feel very much like that. Thou art struggling with Megatron. You know, that's what I feel. That's what I feel right now. Absolutely. So that's Contemplation. Okay. All right. So number six is Corrupt Construction. Love this card. Not just because I designed it. Um, this card is straight up money, and I'll tell you why. Uh, it's black and green pips, guys. Had to be a green pip. Come on. If it wasn't a green pip, Construct Cons Green. You see what I'm doing? Yeah. Cool beans. Right. It's an action. And it states, one of your Construct Cons gets plus two attack until the end of turn and then puts a height counter on your tower. That is the key bit to it, but it's also so versatile, this card. So obviously playing Construct Cons, you want to build the tower. When we were playtesting it, obviously our final result, you get no height counters. So what you can do on certain turns is your builder's tools, you're scrapping cards to add to high tokens to it. You play Corrupt Construction, you're getting the tower higher and higher. Okay, you might not hit 10 right off the bat possibly and you can and you can form into Devastator and go rampant. One of the funniest things people sometimes forget is, um, oh yeah, you know, Devastator, he's a Constructor con. So this card continues its value with Devastator, giving him plus two attack and adding more height counters. So maybe you're not at 10 yet and then you play this and go, Oh, I'm only hitting you for six. Okay, I'm, my height counter goes up to 10. I go to 10 attack. Oh my gosh, and then I get plus two. I'm, so I'm hitting you for 12, and I haven't played any upgrades yet. 
that's a bit of a big swing in attacks. It's so useful, this card. I absolutely love it. And I know we spoiled it in the in the Facebook groups, and people love this card. And it was so nice to hear the outpours of, this is awesome, this is great, and I just want to say thank you to all those people who did, because you know who you are, and it means a lot to me from some, some of the people that mentioned and commented on it. Like, it really hit me that day of going like, I'm doing something right with this set, so that's good. <laughs> Absolutely. It's definitely a powerful tool in their arsenal, and like you say, it's useful pre and post combine. It's it's a good, um, um, and, and it they needed something like this. Its initial iteration didn't have the black pip. It was a mono pip card, and it, it was literally put a high count on your tower. But we just didn't feel it. it. We felt it didn't do enough to warrant inclusion in the Constructicon build, so we went for making a slightly more powerful card, and really giving them a bit of a, a kick, as it were. You know, yeah. they are definitely, definitely playable now. And this is one of the linchpins. Like, like if you're playing Constructicons and you want to use our cards, this is a playset of. Yes, like the other two battle stable. cards, you can tweak the numbers. This is definitely a playset of. And it was designed with that intent. 100% because it's just the value of... I think it was the value of Devastator as well because we didn't want it just to just fade away. Like I feel like when it's the other cards, sometimes they just were like, meh, it doesn't really work. Like with this just keeps pumping up the guy to just go in and just break face, which, you know, Devastator loves doing, so. Definitely, definitely. So that's Corrupt Construction. Oh, Dave. The controversial, amazing, awesome card that you and me both love, and everyone yeah. should just be like, shh. <laughs> well, exactly. This, I talked about this again. I'm going to just skim over this very, very quickly. So good. Um, this card, I love it. So this was in the pre the um, press release, and this is Die Autobots. It's a blue Decepticon action, and it reads, choose one of your Decepticons, it gets plus two attacking until the end of turn, and choosing an enemy Autobot, it gets minus two defense until the end of turn. Um, controversial, this is obviously inspired by uh, Press the Advantage, which is the Autobot action, which had a green pip. That was, was, as far as I'm concerned, that's what made Press the Advantage busted. And um, Adam has printed United Against Tyranny. And I said this in the press release. With the inclusion of that card in the carpool that I play with regularly, I felt that there needed to be a, a counterbalance. And that's where Die Autobots came in. And also, Aiden... He's my amazing little lad. He plays Transformers as well. He's seven. Um, he's like, Daddy, you need to make a card called Die Autobots. So I did. It's pretty funny how adamant he was like, it needs to be that line that Megatron yells. And he chose the artwork, right? He did. Yeah, see? Cool guy. He isn't a Decepticon, though, guys. I think he's an Autobot lawyer. He, he definitely is an Autobot because he definitely like. But saying that, at the moment, his, his flavor of the week is, um, or flavor of the month, rather, is uh, Bruticus. So, so he's still uh, a Merc, then. So he's all right, then. He's so he's still a Merc. So that's Diabot. <laughs> so, you know, like, I, I think the card's great. It's definitely one of the more powerful battle cards in the set. Um, but I think if you're playing against people that are running Bayformers and stuff like that, it's 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 a good card and if you go up against an old Decepticon team it's actually less good than Leap into Battle so there is there is a you know there's a balance there what do you think bud? I love it I agree with everything you say 100% press was only a problem because of green if it didn't have green I don't think it would be a problem as much but because it was around for so long I assumed I wanted to at least have 
a press for Decepticons because it seemed only fair, but that never came. And then they eventually banned. <laughs> uh, they just and got rid of it Got altogether. rid of it because they were like, oh yeah, this is silly. And just like, yeah, it, it pretty much is. But yeah, I, I love it. I love this card. But then again, I, I love I love my Decepticons, so I can't really... Uh, you do, you do. But that's Diorbots, guys. And, and yeah, it's very, very good. Um, but it, it fills that position. I think if you're playing Bayformers... It definitely is that counterbalance to that card. So the next one, this is this. We've had a couple, couple from from the uh, preview, haven't yeah, we? we? So we most definitely have. So this is um, electrostatic shielding. This was created by Nizumi, aka Rich, one of the founding fathers of the Turbo Roving Old Punks. It's a white pip. It's a secret action, and it states: reveal when one of your characters defends, and when revealed, each black pip your opponent flips. This battle is a white pip instead. Now, Rich kind of covered it, and it makes a lot of sense. This was just to basically have Jazz's ability on a card, but also give the middle finger to black, because that that color, dare we say, or the pip, just destroyed the game. It made it so oppressive, and Rich put it like best in our like overview video. It can just be so heartening when you're like, oh, I defended so well. Oh, wait a minute. How much pierce? Oh, that is just absolutely yeah. bull sometimes. And it can be very aggressive. So It did. And it definitely shunted control archetypes out of the, out the format. And we've been careful when we've been doing stuff. And I know that the arc and bay formers and ATP have been very sparing because you don't want to push it back into blue wall central. But equally, those blue decks do deserve a place in the game and to have blue just be made completely irre irrelevant by the black pit didn't seem fair and this was um, i believe inspired by end hostilities from wave five which is a very very good card and this just seemed like the perfect mirror to that you know is doing you know the black pits becoming white and the orange with um become blue with end hostility so i really it's a simple card but it's a very very good card uh, and it fills a role in certain archetypes Oh, 100%. It just stops stops Black Pierce so well. And there's ways around that now, guys. So we just wanted to add something to the mix to basically go, do you hate the Black Pip too? Join the campaign. <laughs> Effectively, in the nicest way <laughs> That's possible. it. Let, let's end that Pierce nightmare. That at pierce nightmare. least make it so you can play with the rest of your cards. So the next one... Yeah. So the, we've, this was on our, way back when we did a spoiler, and this card has remained unchanged from when we previously spoiled it. It stayed the same, and this is the Enhanced Fusion Cannon, the blue-green Decepticon upgrade weapon, which is put on Megatron only, and it's Pierce 2 plus 2 attack. It's a permanent Scoundrel's Blaster, but for Megatron only. So it's always piercing all the time. I don't think... We talked a lot in the in the in the, the spoiler video ages ago about it. Um, it hasn't changed, has it? It's just remained the same because I think functionally it does what we wanted the fusion cannon to do. It's so consistent across the board with all the Megatrons. Um, some people might say it pushes some of them, you know, up there very much for damage output. But then, my personal opinion, you're looking at the Megatrons in the high teen, like like low teen numbers, like. 13 12 you know those those kind of numbers you're running this you know it's gonna make them hit hard but even the the ones that are 10 or lower it's very consistent like starter megatron loves yeah. this and is terrifying seeming we just hate pierce 
This makes that starter Megatron that people sometimes might have forgotten for 10 stars hit like a tr freight train. <laughs> like, yeah, like the common one from Wave 1, isn't it? Is, his gun's powered by a black hole. It should should hurt people. It should. Not tickle them. No, it should not hurt at them. all. You know, he inherited that cannon, so, you know. He did. He did. So that's, that's <laughs> yeah. that one. <laughs> So, oh, what's the name? Oh, this is Ooh, a, this is this a is fun spice. one. This is a fun one. Okay, this got recently spoiled as well uh, on the Facebook groups. This is a secret action number ten. This is evasive action. Love the name of this card. It is an orange pip with a plane trait in it. And the secret action states: reveal when one of your planes, helicopters, or spaceships would take attack damage. When revealed, instead that character takes that much damage or that much attack damage. Sorry. Minus two. Now, if I'm right in saying this, Dave, the numbers changed a fair few times on this, didn't it? For the how much damage was minus two. Yeah. Which, well, I think it started at minus one. And it wasn't good enough. And then we tried it at minus three, and it was too good. So, middle ground. Middle ground. Middle ground of two. It, it is very good. But they have to be in that mode. This is just another nice option. It also gives you a bit of secret action diversity when you're building your deck and also can flummox your opponent as to what you've got down. Because there are cards like Counter Espionage that interact with secret actions. So if they know you're only playing evasive action, then they're going to call it right every time. But if you're playing Combat Drop as well, and you've got lots of different strategies and different secret actions, um, yeah, it's good. It's solid. Like, it's no, it's very no frills. It just prevents two damage that's going to be dealt to your guys on the attack, uh, which can sometimes keep those players like Acid Storm in for another turn, like the Airstrike Patrol in for another turn. Um, it's a good card. I like it. Yeah, it's super cool. And I think, like we've already put in this set, like Combat Drop and uh, Evasive Actions, obviously you guys can tell we want to put planes, helicopters, and spaceships on the table. Um Come on. We wanted to give them a little bit of support, and I feel this card does really, really well. And funny enough, both secret actions. Hey, Dave. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't wait to see this across the board and go like, oh, there's a secret action that someone designed. Yeah. That, that's, <laughs> what fool designed this? Uh, what madness. Right, so number 11. Card 11. So we're, we're just over the halfway line. We're halfway there. Indeed. Living on a prayer, mate. Living on a prayer, mate. <laughs> so this card is a action called fearless it's a blue melee pip um one of your melee characters gets plus two attack into the end of turn repair a damage from it just solid there's a lot of good melee characters out there we know that we know fangry exists we know horrible exists um so we're very mindful and we've tested it at different stat lines and it was in fact it was com something completely different to start with um, so it's evolved, and we feel like it's like, you know, repair by meets steady shot kind of thing, somewhere in the middle, which is why it's got that trait pip, to make it less attractive if, if you're playing a mixed trait team. Um, so it can actually be quite detrimental, because effectively, if you're not playing all melee characters, it's a blank. So, yeah. I love this card. Uh, I have to agree with you, Dave. It went through several iterations. I know this card was straight up money with our lovely promo Nightbird, and that was why we probably needed to change a few things as well, because yeah. she was hitting very consistently with Fearless, which I was like, cool, she's a ninja, she should be Fearless, um, <laughs> but it needed to be tweaked because 
Dave mentioned it. There's two mother truckers out there. The dumb guys. You're dumb. You're dumb. Those guys that ruin melee characters for life. So I think that's one thing we were very, very courteous of with our whole design process in general. Yeah, it's again, it's a good card. Um, it is solid and it adds something to that melee archetype. Um, it helps cars out as well. A lot of cars are melee. Um, it, it's cool. We know it helps Brawn out. Brawn's a melee character and he's a tough little git. So, oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's fearless. Card number 11. What's card 12, mate? Card number 12 is Foreman's Ingenuity. <laughs> uh, another one that I spoil and I freaking love this card. This is the controversial card where I told everyone to jog on what I originally wanted it to be. I wanted it to be more of a, uh, should we say, demonic tutor that got shut down immediately. And, no. uh yeah, it was like, Lee, you're being dumb. You're dumb. And I was like, yes, I might be. But I didn't realize that for like a week and a half straight going like, no, man, it's not that bad. But anyway, Foreman's Ingenuity is an orange pip. It is an action and it states, play only if your starting team was all Constructicons. So there's the first limitation to this. It all Your starting team has to be all Constructicons. Then uh, the second paragraph is, return a builder's tools Constructicon Enigma, Heavy Landing, or Reclaim from your scrap pile to hand. So, like we stated with the stratagem, this is one where it rewards you for playing theme hugely with the Constructicons, because obviously Builder's Tools increases that tower. Constructicon Enigma, blatantly, you need that to get bigger. Uh, Heavy Landing, such a game-changing card. That card is so strong, and so is Reclaim, funny enough. Reclaim is incredible. Um, to just, you know, get a weapon and just put it on the top of your deck is incredible. Um, but then here's the kicker, which is really cool. If your tower is six or higher, you may play that card. So again, um, with the Constructicons, this, when you're almost getting to combining, can be incredibly powerful. Um, when you're the big daddy himself, this card is hilariously ball busting because you could just play a heavy landing it is very very strong and that has happened multiple times in testing just to let you guys all know but that is the downside to it you have to have a, a tower of six or higher to play that card but the benefit of returning a card to hand is super strong but the downside is counter espionage and espionage and hand disruption in general lives out there so they can royally hurt you and that is one of the downsides to this card. But also at the same time, this is an incredibly cool theme, powerful card for the Constructor Guns. Definitely. Well, you kind of like touched all the bases, you know. It's a bit of insurance for um, some of the cards that were quite, you know, could, against you to set hand disruption. If they get rid of your Enigma, you're like, oh God, what am I going to do now? This gives you a chance to get it back if it's still in the scrap pile and still combine and not be absolutely wrecked from that hand disruption uh, that's just been played on you. Yeah, it's, it is good. You've got to get your tower to six, which is feasible now. We did have it originally without the tower um, thing. It was just like you return it to your hand. There was no, then you may play that card. And I think when we were playtesting it, it just didn't feel good enough. It felt like... Why do, I don't want to give up my action play for the turn on, on returning something to my hand. I want to be able to use it at the same time. So unless it was Builder's Tools you were bringing about, the other three cards you couldn't then play, which is why we added that extra layer to the card at the bottom. Um, but no, it's cool. It's 
you know, it's good. It works with them. And it, again, like you said, Lee, it allows you to be thematic with the Constructicons and play with their signature cards from the, the pre-constructed deck. Yeah. And that's one thing I think when we designed this card was like, we immediately were like, let's bring to shine the cards that came with that box set because you would only play, let's be honest, probably two of these cards. But with this, it kind of rewards you for doing it. So it's super theme. I love this card, like heavy landing someone when you're Devastator and then going in and punching them. Oh, it's so rewarding because you're like, I don't think I can kill this person. Oh, that heavy landing can do it though. Oh my gosh. Def so. It's definitely a good late game play. Um, and that's because it is quite powerful late game is why it doesn't have a green pip. As much as we wanted the, the Constructicon cards to be green, um, to match their lovely paint scheme, um, we decided that it would be too good. Way too Way good. Way too good with a green pair, Way which is why good. it doesn't have it. The next card, this is a real, this is a later addition to the set. Um, we had a couple of cards pulled um, late in the day, and we, um, for, they were for like creative reasons that we're like, we're not happy where, where, where these are. And um, this card was designed by our good friend Matifer, who helps out the 11th hour to keep the, the cards at the number that we said were going to be in there, which was 20. So this card is Impetuous Stand. It is a action. It has a white pip and a green pip. So very, very playable there in lots of archetypes. It reads, put an enemy upgrade on the bottom of its owner's deck. That player draws a card. So it's inspired, I think, by Disassemble from Wave 5. Um, it is very good because it is any upgrade. Um, but they're getting a card back for, for it. So we wanted something that, again, helped against cards like Triplating, helped against characters that had a recur... Sort of that inbuilt recursion mechanic. Um, to it. And that's what Matifer was going for here. He's like, I've got this card. I'm happy for you guys having the set. Um, so that's what it was. There's an Easter egg on this as well. I'm going to let the viewers and listeners look at the card. Listeners... When you get time, go and look on, on the card images and see if you can work out what the Easter egg is. I don't think Lee knows what the Easter egg is either. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I like this card just for simple, simple things. It's another way of putting a card in your deck that basically goes, get rid of those annoying utilities. Get rid of, you know, your pocket processes. Get rid of that extra health, you know. Just just get rid of the stuff I don't like. Like, like it can get rid of multiple different things on on a person also if you have the hilarious right play at the right time you can get like some hilarious plays where you can get rid of multiple upgrades in one turn and this is just one another way of doing it which is phenomenal just saying it's a very it's a very very good piece of removal there's already a lot of removal out there um but the, the, the fact that your opponent draws a card kind of provides some counterbalance to it, I think. It's it's a good card, though. It's definitely up there with one of the best cards in the set, I think, for, for versatility. It goes in a lot of archetypes. Yep, 100%. Right, moving on to number 14. Rage is the name of this card. This was designed by Sean Samuels and Dave. Uh, it's an orange pip. It's an upgrade utility put on a melee character only gives you bold one and when the upgraded character becomes tapped do one damage to a tapped enemy this is money with <laughs> our lovely little girl 
Oh, it's just so good. So good with um, Nightbird. It's so good. It's like an auto-include kind of with like melee characters. Obviously, we live in a world where melee characters are scary and we shouldn't be afraid of that in a whole creative design process. Immediately, people are saying, oh my God, that's going to look so good on Fangry. Oh my God, that's going to look so good on Horrible. Sure, but we live in a world with those things and we can't let those things take away from what we want to do uh, as creators. Um, just we got to come to terms with it and I don't. I, I think some cards shouldn't block people's original ideas behind this. So Dave, thoughts? Yeah. It's your, one of your bad boys. Well, Sean came up with a core idea and I just, we just, you know, mold it over and we did some tweaking um it's just a beautiful piece of art from the comic like you know megatron poor swerve just woke him up and he got very angry about it um <laughs> so it's yeah like you say you can't live in yeah horrible and fangry and some other horrible characters exist we know they exist you can't live in fear. You can't, again, with the tri-pip card we talked about, you can't live in fear of certain things because most people on a casual level are able to regulate the power of their decks and not... It's a great, great mantra that I'm, I've always tried to aspire to when playing games. Don't be a dick. Just don't, don't, don't... Yeah, you can make horrible even more horrible. He didn't really need any more help. But like if you're playing a casual kitchen table game, I wouldn't really expect to see horrible on that table. Um, it's it's effective, um, but it, it can only go on the melees, and the damage has to go to a tapped enemy. So if this is on you and it's just been the wheel turn and you're attacking first as your last character, it doesn't actually do anything because if they're untapped. So there is it, there is like a you know some balance to it as well. Yeah, I love rage. Rage is so fun. This this was. Nothing but money in my Snapdragon Night um, Nightbird, and <laughs> I I forget the other character. I know it was another mercenary. I want to say it was I could be wrong. It was someone who was definitely melee. I'm trying to remember, but yeah, it was nothing but money. I absolutely loved it. So uh, moving on then, number 15. fifteen. Oh, Dave, this is a card. Yeah, again, this this has gone through several iterations. This is Rapid Response Cycle, a utility uh, with a white pip. And the upgraded character has the motorcycle trait. It's Chrome Dome riding a bike on Cybertron. So, like, they obviously, when they can't be bothered to transform and drive around themselves, they get on their bikes, because obviously their bikes are cool. Uh, when the upgraded character defends against an enemy that has more stars on it, the upgraded character gets plus one defense, and it grants a native plus one defense as well. So, if you put on those little five-star motorbikes, or even just little five-star guys, you know, you don't have to be motorbikes, you can be other characters, and you can give them the motorbike trait, and then start using some of the cool Bayformers cards like Sidecar Artillery. Um, it's, yeah, it's just fun. And, you know, for me, um, creatively, I wanted to, something that represents their nippy and fart and hard to hit, which is why it gets a bigger lumbering character, they get the extra armour. What do you think? I think, deep down, all of us love the bikes in this game. We love Chromia, we love Flame War, or we hate Flame War, it depends on what side of the fence you fall on. Uh, we love RC, um, it's it's just one of those cards where you're just like the motorbike trait never got a lot of love and there is a lot of motorbike cards out there now that can really make this shine 
Um, I've been, before the end of like playtesting, I was running it and getting a turn where you can just casually attack with two of the characters because of that other white pip card, that other bike card, what is it? Popper wheelie. Popper wheelie and giving a random card who isn't a motorbike, gaining the motorbike trait to just go, yeah, pop a wheelie, I'm just going to attack with my big guy and then this little guy. You're like, oh, that's a thing. And that's a good swing in a game as well. And it's making you play older cards that probably didn't get a lot of love. Yeah, absolutely. And that was the goal of of it. And again, it's, it's another one of the comic covers. It's a really nice piece of art. You know, Chromie on his um, uh, motorbike. So yeah, that's Rapid Response Cycle, card number 15. Card number 16. Oh, this is... this. When 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 this was submitted to us, I'm like, of course he made a card like this. Of course, of course he had to, but <coughs> it, just, it just had to be included because of the name. So this is uh, number sixteen. This is a uh, revving the engine. Obviously, we're the turbo revving old punks. <laughs> it is designed by our good friend Matt for one of the forefathers of this group. Um, it is a orange and green pip, and the car tray is in the green pip. It is an action, and one of your cars gets plus one attack until the end of turn. If this is the third revving the engine uh, you have played this turn, one of your characters can attack untapped characters this turn as though they were tapped. You may play another revving the engine. Now... Just process that. You get to untap. You get to attack an untapped character. That's incredibly strong. Problem is, you need to have three of these bad boys in your hand. There are ways of getting this to go off. Cars has always been a very interesting, fun format. And of course, Matterfer designed it because he loves cars. And of course, it had to have Sideswipe. It just feels right. It just feels right to have it in this set. And, you know, we want to have cards in this set that people double look and go, holy cow, that's a really, really cool card. And I feel like this is definitely one of them. Dave, your thoughts? <laughs> when he submitted the card, I was like, of course. Of course, it's a car card. Of course, like you say, you've just said it. All the same things, like Sideswipe's on everything. Um, it's a really, really great collector card along the veins of focus fire, extra padding, attack drone. Um, nothing's going to stand in a way from Art Wave 1. So it's kind of following on those lines. It's got a slight drawback in the fact you have to be a car to pick it up. So if you flip to bot mode, you can't pick it up. So there's a risk. And you've kind of got to weigh that. Like, do I transform to draw a card with cliff jumper? Um, and then risk not hitting the rev in the engine. So, like, if you've got one or two of these in your hand, you might be more tempted to not flip the attacking character into to bot mode that turn. And sometimes their alt mode attacks are lower. So, it's... Yeah, I really like it. It's, like, Supporting Fire's a really good card. A legendary Bumblebee from Wave 1, the super rare, had this... Yeah. You know, when he flips, flips back. <clears throat> so, you don't see it on very many cards. So, we had to make a car that was definitely you were rewarded for collecting it and it was it was an investment so you you're basically waiting and your opponent can see it coming so if they know you've picked up one revenue engine and they've got counter espionage sad pandas yep sad so pandas it, indeed. it's balanced it is. it is balanced 
it's I'm not saying it's not good because it is, but it, there is that balance to it, and particularly you've got to weigh up whether you're going to be in bot mode when attacking. And it but no, great you. card, Matt. Thank you again. He he really has been a source of as have several other members of the arc as well, like not just Matt Affer, but like we're really really good friends with um, the arc and just just their input to the set, even at a casual level, just want to like showing them stuff and all like no. Or yes, or I, I'd like to help with this. Um, and you know, Matt's given us um, three battle cards and a stratagem uh, as guest things to show our closeness with the. You know, we want to be part of the community and work with the other content creators out there, um, particularly with uh, Adam from Bayformers, who's very very keen on crossplay, and the Arc as well, who obviously working in partnership with Bayformers. So. Um, it made sense that we, we work closely with them. 100%. Supercar, super theme, and, well, it's got revving in the title. <laughs> Just saying is all. It was a no-brainer. So the next card, this is the final card, I believe, that Matifa submitted. Um, this is robust. It's a upgrade armor. It's a green pip. And this can be in a weapon or utility slot plus one defense, and it's a common, so it's a Junkion playable again uh, for those people that like playing Junkion um, as a format because it's like effectively Transformers Pauper. It's the, for me, this card is the reverse of Sharpened Talons from Wave 5, which was basically a primary laser with a green pip. This is an armored plating with a green pip, but it's slightly more interesting than armored plating because it can go into the. Probably more commonly the utility slot, but there might be times where you need that extra point of defense and you don't have a weapon and you pop it in your weapon slot. What do you think? This mate? is super cool and it's super diverse because obviously the green pip opens up a load of cool options for where can I put it in my builds. Also, the fact is it can be put in a weapon or utility slot. Like you can have a tank mode, like be on belief with this. Like, if you think about it, just because we've given a lot of love to tanks in this set, you just basically can just tank a lot with a lot of armor and then just casually be like, yeah, I'll just put this one over here. It's fine because I can put it wherever. And it's also really interesting for the little guys as well. Like, you just giving them one extra defense for a utility slot they're probably not going to use. Like, it's pretty cool. Like, we've, we mentioned it earlier. Like, just thinking off the top of my head, the cassettes, like, for Blaster, Soundwave, whatever... These guys love it just because you can put it in a utility slot or a weapon slot and just basically like bulk up. Think of like Ravage, um, but at the same time, Pierce is a thing. But I love this card and it is robust. It is. It is. It is very robust. It's <clears throat> it's a great card. You know, it's it just that common card. Just It's just, it's very simple in its design, but it, it's actually way more interesting than it actually looks at a first glance because it doesn't look that exciting but the fact you can put it in other places makes it very very versatile so i'm a big fan 100 right moving on to number 18 we talked about this a few episodes ago in our sneaky spoiler session of uh, our set uh scatter blaster it is a weapon it is a white pip it gives you plus one attack but in the text box it says while the upgraded attacker is attacking a melee character the upgraded character gets plus two attack so effectively this was designed 
um, for punching those douchebags, <laughs> the melee canchers. The dumb the characters. The dumb characters is the nicest way of putting it. That's right. You're dumb. But yeah, um, obviously on the artwork, it's Chromia. Obviously, Chromia loves white pips. Uh, obviously, um, this is a, a situational card. We've said it uh, in our uh, spoiler thing. But, you know, everyone knows shotguns are bitching. And it rewards you for getting up close and personal with those melee characters just with a shotgun. Because why not? Dave. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, there's nothing really much more to add. We, we did talk about this in, in the spoiler a few episodes ago. Um, it's changing rarity. I think it's the only thing that's changed because it's on par with Soldier's Blaster. Yeah. From Way 100%. 4, which is also a common. Sorry, mate. It didn't really make sense to have a, a higher thing. So, again, for those people that like the Pauper or Junkion, you've got a new toy. So, yeah, that's Scatter Blaster. Card number 19. This is the last of the Constructicon cards. Yes, it is. But the last one that I, I really love this card. Just saying. It's cool. It's, it's a Decepticon action, isn't it? It's Towering Presence. White Pip. This was spoiled today at time of recording, which is the 27th of June. It's an action. One of your Constructicons gets bold two until the end of turn. If you have a Devastator Towering Warrior on the battlefield, tap an enemy character that has 14 stars or fewer. So again, it's kind of like with Corrupt Construction where Corrupt Construction didn't have the plus two attack at the beginning. This didn't have the bold two, of course. And it was like, well, this is a bit duff pre-combine. So we wanted something that was playable all game round. So giving bold two just help you chip a bit more damage away with them. Um, and also, if you're combining at the point where you've not... Because Constructicals are quite small, aren't they, Lee? They've got very tiny attacks. Yeah. And if you don't draw your weapons, they generally don't kill things. So quite often, Devastators are outnumbered. So it was kind of cool to give them the ability to tap down um, the 14 stars or less, which means they can tap down the big boys like Prime, Major Shockwave. Um, but they can't tap down other combiners because obviously they don't tower over them. No. So that that was, I think, your design intent really, wasn't it? Yeah, 100%. This guy is a monster. And if you saw him, you would either run away or you just casually be like, I'm dead. <laughs> just because um, Dave and me love all hail Megatron, there's just a casual throwaway line that devastated, destroyed Tokyo. Like, we just straight up <laughs> godzilla Tokyo. Immediately, I was like, I want a card like that. Like, he can just make people just really be, like, upset. So, obviously, one of our first iterations of it, we were like, what's what could be really interesting? And then we, we were inspired a little bit by talking to Matter for a little bit about his Omega Supreme stuff that he did. Obviously, because I was like, I really want to make Constructicons and Devastator legit. And we had a look, and then I was like, I really like the ability of tapping something. Because when you're a combiner, most of the time is... When you combine to Devastator, you've got a bit of a wide board uh, that you're going to be going against. And they're always going to send a chump blocker in. If you play this at the right time, you can tap their big boy. They're probably keeping back. And then just basically backhanding him to oblivion. And that's what I wanted. And it took a few, like we said, it took a few tests and tweaks. But I love this card. It's super cool. And yeah, the artwork just... Brett the Hitman Heart just keeps screaming with those shades, bruv, just saying. <laughs> he does. So good. He really does. And yeah, like, we gave a lot of support to Constructicons, and I think we've done them proud. I think we've made them a playable entity through the battle cards and the stratagem. So we hope you like what we've done, because the fans, 
a lot of people were like really gutted by Devastator and I think we've put him in a position where he can really shine. Yeah, and have a lot of fun with him because he is fun now, guys. He's not frustrating like, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that. If you build it correctly, like Dave and me consistently with different builds, we can definitely say we've got him to 10 tower quite quickly before combining. It's, it's the possibility ways. is there. The possibility is there to make the tower relevant, to not be wrecked by having them all dead. You've got some really powerful tools in your arsenal now. Um, you've got three new battle cards to supplement the ones that Wizards gave us. You've got a new stratagem to, to just make him on a similar power level to some of the other combiner teams from Wave 2 because he was definitely well below that previously. 100%. So that, that's towering presence. You've got the last card. This is battle card number 20. We're here. We're at the end of the set, guys, and we're kicking it. Uh, we're going to finish it with a bit of a bang. I like this card. This is called Trilithium Drill. It is a blue pip. It is an upgrade weapon. Gives you plus one attack. And when the upgraded character attacks, plan two. And when you put a card from your hand on top of your deck, the upgraded character gets pierce one until the end of turn. This was um, uh, designed by Jared, a.k.a. Rogue247. And what we wanted to do was basically do a mining pick, but a drill and then give it a pierce one because it's a drill it's gonna hurt a lot more than a pick <laughs> yeah i think it's a really nice um subtle card as well like it is just the mirror image you know you look at uh, magic the gathering they quite often do that with cards they'll have like in a different color they'll have like a similar card that that's kind of flipped and that's kind of what we did here like what jared did with with the drill was to make it a reverse of the mining pick well i think it's cool blue decks because if you're playing a, a a blue archetype if you're playing that controlling blue build like you sometimes struggle to get the damage through so if you can tandem this with your energon axe your laser cutlasses you've got another blue pip weapon that can generate pierce yeah and i i really like it just because obviously it has a different purpose to mining pick just because obviously mining pick is you put a card from your hand on top you get plus one attack with this you get the pierce which just makes sense it's really cool and yeah like you said it basically helps out blue decks and then if you wanted to run my you could go full construction and go drill and pick why not let's go crazy you know yeah plan who knows what the plan is for plan moving oh, yeah, forward well, we're trying to push plan with more plan shenanigans like that was terrible but yeah there. <laughs> it was that was, was that was awful, awful. so there there we are we're at the end it, it, it's another marathon there are always marathons but particularly this is our set so we're obviously going to wax lyrical a little bit more on the cards because we're really really passionate about the project we've we've put together i personally think after four months of play testing we've we've got something i'm i'm proud to release i think we've with help from Mike and Adam and all the playtesters and all the card designers, we've we've worked hard for four months and the passion of the community has really been injected into the set. And I cannot thank you all enough. Um, um, I've got a little treat coming for you when, when the order arrives. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, so thank you. Thank you, Lee, for putting up with me my, my endless messages about cards right, changing fine. and this that it's and the other good. yeah i i feel like it's 
I feel like what this set has is embodied what Dave and me and this podcast are all about. Like, we're all about the community. And with the turbo revving old punks, it's all about we want it to be fun, theme, and it's evolved from just, hey, let's play games to, oh, let's create cards. And then people from the community jumping in and helping us. And then we're just evolving more and more people in the community. And that's exactly what Dave and me are all about because this game has a fantastic community. People literally are willing to give up their time to help us out. Like this set looks like hot shit. It looks incredible. I am so happy that people have helped us. Like I can't put it into words. Um, Dave, me, Rich, Matt, I know the f our forefathers here, we're over the moon with it. And the problem is now, looking at this set, ah, oh, phase two, dude, we've got to beat it. <laughs> I know. In a way, it's a, this is, the bar has been set. And do we keep it at the same bar or raise it? I don't know. But like, like we stated at the beginning, we are coming out with little things beforehand to give sweet little like love to certain characters and stuff we got some stuff obviously lined up like with our community um live streams we want to do and some other fun stuff like there's a lot of stuff coming from the turbo revving old punks, definitely and it's it's only going to get bigger and this is just the jumping on point and if you're jumping on now oh mate the future is looking promising for us it's dope definitely it's crazy to think that we started as just four friends playing via webcam on a thursday night yeah and it's evolved into this um i'm humbled by everybody that's participated so i hope um everyone else out there um enjoys the set i am looking forward to doing face i'm also looking forward to a break <laughs> and also i think i've taken a very heavy um lead on the design of this first phase because I just had these loads of ideas, but we've got more people on board now. We've got more ideas flowing and phase two will be more di designer diverse, I think is probably the right way, right way to say it. It's going to be more people involved in that design process. So I'm probably going to take a little bit more of a backseat from a design aspect, but I will still be there um, playtesting and playtesting and playtesting. But that's later this year. I feel like the best thing about it is it's fun. And this is a whole fun process, even though it can be frustrating sometimes. And I can gladly say I definitely come on to like, yeah, let's do, let's do cards. That's cool. And I literally came on at the end when everyone's like, uh, Lee, you've not done nothing. Like you've been playtesting for other groups <laughs> and doing podcasts and doing other things. You haven't created a card yet. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got to do that. Whoops. Let's figure that out, shall we? Uh, so it was kind of cool coming on at the end of the whole thing, or should we say like probably two months into it to go, yeah, I need to do something now. <laughs> this is getting more than just like we're hanging out and talking. No, this thing is getting a lot of traction and uh, we don't want it to slow down. So that's the whole idea with other cards that are coming out and with the live streams and other stuff so we can be relevant and we want to not fade fade away we just want to keep doing this cool stuff with the community and we want to be a part of the community and embrace people uh to just basically keep on designing and becoming more and more creative because i think some of the cards where we were like oh that would be really cool and then where they're at now is like holy cow that's even cooler than i thought it was going to be that's like wow like and i think that's really cool when it comes to it like a design aspect of things is when someone's willing to just go well i think that's really cool 
but it probably could be cooler if we did this. And then you basically take that and just run with it and be open to change and open to do stuff. It's super freaking cool. And I love it. I love some of my cards. I love everyone's cards. This set is sick. And I think you should all like download it now. It's in the link on YouTube, on the link uh, on iTunes and also on Podbean or wherever you are downloading or listening this to. Uh, you can find it and it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be out there for the masses, so it's exciting times. And just before I go, um, it's also um, been the cards. Oh, we'll be releasing bleed and non-bleed versions, but Mike, um, bless him, has provided us with cards that are ready to be printed professionally by places like Make Playing Cards. They are full bleed. You won't have any issues with them because Mike has done exactly what he did for the Ark, and that's spot-on bleeds, so they will look as good as the OG Wizards of the Coast cards when you get them done. So spot on. Um, what have you got on your channel coming up very briefly? Let's wrap this up. This obviously has just dropped, so this was fun. Um, I've got some other fun stuff like taking uh, a little bit of a forefront to stuff. Like I've got my next uh, Star Wars Imperial Assault that I'm working on, which I'm super excited about because I literally forgot that I recorded that game and haven't edited it. So I need to do that. And I love doing those because it's a really cool creative thing. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the fat. Uh, be well, let's say behind the scenes because of uh, the turbo revving old punks. It's like I'm trying to figure out how to stream, how we can do that, how we can have really cool like overlays, how we can have some really cool transitions, how it can be a like an interactive kind of stream instead of just like turn up and watch us play and talk trash we <laughs> want you guys to be a part of it and talk trash with us so we can have some loads of fun stuff so i'm basically picking people's brains and asking people who i know who stream on the regular and do stuff that i want to do uh, full time so i'm kind of like picking their brain and going how the heck did you do that and nice like, yeah that's that's my life at the moment in a nutshell trying to make sure we got some cool stuff coming down in the pipeline bro awesome i've not got much on the moment, I've had a bit of a break because uh, I've been getting this ready for its final, uh, you know, sort of final iteration of the cards and getting it ready to be released. So there's no video coming in this week. Um, we've had some other like family stuff going on as well, sort of family emergency. So um, there's no content from me, but I've got some big news where the Energon Hustlers is concerned, and that is my good friend that matter for save from quitting the game. My good friend Matt Coles is going to be starting to record some matches with me, so we're going to give Claire a rest. Nice. And Matt's going to be bringing some of his nonsense. He is uh, one of my best friends here in Plymouth. And he has got some gnarly, gnarly decks planned. Um, and yeah, he's not managed to play Transformers, I don't think, for over a year. Um, so, because he doesn't have the, the, the webcam and all that sort of jazz setup. So he's going to be coming to play some physical games with his Arc Wave 1 cards that he had printed and has never played with. So I'm looking forward to that. So yeah, Matt will be on the channel soon. Awesome. That's super, super cool. It's kind of fun. Like, he he was gonna leave and then Matifer clawed him back in with good old Skybite. He just made Skybite. he made the flying shark and Matt was like, Yeah, I'm still here. I'm in. I'm and in. see, that's what sharks do to you, man. They just grab a hold of you and they never let go and you just wanna be a part of it. So yeah, guys, that was an episode in the books. Thank you so much um, for listening to this podcast. Uh, if you've watched it on YouTube, please leave a like. I like as much appreciated. Comment below. Tell us your thoughts on the cards. Obviously, the link's there. 
you know, go download the set, join the group, be a part of the community because we want to just constantly embrace you guys and constantly just be a part of the Transformers community in a positive and amazing way, as we always are here at One Step Shield Stand, One Shell Fall. Um, yeah, subscribe to Dave's channel, The Energy on Hustlers. The link can be found in the description. Subscribe to this channel, Bleat Up Productions. Man, it's good. The set's done. This is released on release day. So, ah, oh, Dave, we can we could sit back, finish this brandy, <laughs> sit but sit next <laughs> to the fire a little bit more. <laughs> probably <laughs> this, it probably probably is. I'm not gonna lie, but we could just sit by this fire and just bask in the, the accomplishment, which what all so many people have had a hand in, and just look back and go like, holy cow, we've made it. This is sick. Yeah, that's it. Um, thanks everyone. Reiterate what Lisa said. You know, please download the set. Enjoy playing with it. I hope you have as much fun as, as I did making it with the guys. And that's it. It's a goodbye from me, Dave. And it's a goodbye from me, Lee. Download our set. Have fun. And remember, Transformers TCG is definitely not dead. It's very much alive. Take care. Have a good one. And we'll see you on the next episode of One Shall Stand, One Shall Fall. One Shall Stand, One Shall Fall. One shall stand, one shall fall.